podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Because you've got powerful legs, how do you get the physique? Was it gym or how do you get the physique? Um, I've always been that She's actually not got powerful legs. Do you shower in your dressing room? Do you have a shower on the day of a fight or not? Tell us about the tattoos. Shut the fuck up, oh, you yeah. little prick. But then I've got the phoenix. Hey, prick. So I'll take it from Bob every day of the week. An absolute disgrace. I sure this- no one will mind. Move him out of here, Daryl. Ricky Hatton didn't go over for his fighter because he risked getting abducted and sold into sexual I never said that. <laughs> Both have been rape victims. I'm not watching Frank Buglioni live on Saturday night. <laughs> Go to your mind. Jesus Christ, get yourself a life. He's actually a uh, priest. Yeah, yeah. It's because his brother John Fury eye gouged him. What have I told you all this time? He's going to end up sucked out, fucked out, looking for a handout. Boxing um, Nutters Messenger Group. Oh, they're going to. Oh, I'm going to be the king. Jay Bump, you know what I'm saying? Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 527th edition of the Boxing Asylum Nutters podcast. I'm your host, Steve Wellings, and joining us on the call tonight, we have the Lone Ranger himself, Andy Patterson, going live on YouTube from 8 o'clock every Sunday evening. The Patreon RSS feed updates shortly after the show concludes. Hello to everybody listening through the week on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or you might be on Spotify. Either way, don't forget to leave a review on the podcast player of your choice. For the entire month of June, nothing less than five stars is acceptable. No Matty DiGiornado this week or next week. Unfortunately, he's off sunning himself in Colorado, enjoying the golf, etc. Hopefully, Rob will be able to join us at some point and maybe Aussie as well. If not me and Andy will... We'll motor on as best as we possibly can. It was a fiddly weekend of action. There were all sorts of bits and pieces going on. Shout out to everybody in the chat. They might have seen the BT card on Friday night with Frank Warren. Ryan Frag was in action as well. Callum Walsh over in California. Bit of AB coming up later. Bit of Showbox. Woo! Bit of Sonny Edwards. A bit of Jaime Mungia in probably the fight of the weekend. But there's only one place we can possibly start on this episode 527. That's the Madison Square Garden in New York. Bob Aaron for top rank, Josh Taylor going in against Tiafimo Lopez. The WBO World Super Lightweight title was on the line, but we all know who the main man in the division is, or should we say was Josh Taylor after losing to Lopez by unanimous decision. 115, 113 times two, and more realistic in my eyes, 117, 111 as well. All in favour of Lopez, the winner. We are talking off air about this, Andy. It might sound a little bit hyperbolic, but Taylor to me, I'm not saying he is this, but he looked like a listless fighter. He looked like a shot fighter. He had no legs. He had no engine. He was holding on at the end. I thought just to stay in the fight, I had very little to offer. I've said it before on this podcast. 
He's climbed the mountain and now he's sliding down the other side a little bit. He is tight at the weight. We all know that. Things move fast in the sport of boxing. And it turns out Teofimo Lopez isn't quite the busted flush that we once thought. Uh, it's very true in all counts, mate. Um, I think oh, a lot of people probably got it wrong, probably really looked too much into Tio's personal life, taking effect on him. Um, which it is, obviously will have an effect on you if you're going through a divorce and you know, you're know you through all that kind of court issues with your son and all that. It is going to have some sort of effect on him, but for somehow, for some reason, for 40-odd minutes, he seemed to put it all, all to the side and just dial in and turned up last night and he turned up in a big, big way. Massive, man. I mean, you, you could say, Josh, is this the next thing in terms of weight and that, but still, you got to go in there and win the fight against a, a bigger guy. You could see he was bigger than that as well. Josh, I think he'd put on something like 16 pounds, uh, the rehydration and that. Mm. Maybe that was made him sluggish, but Mate, I, I, I think we could, we could all safely say is he has not been in the same fighter since he left Shane McGuigan back after the Regis Pro Grey fight. As much as his performance seemed to be like since then, no great. The Ramirez fight was probably one that he kind of really stepped up a wee bit, but it got kind of close down the back half of the fight as well. Josh Taylor coming up through the ranks was a beast. He would be all action. You all saw how he fought against O'Hara Davis. You all saw him how he fought coming up through the ranks and that as well. He was absolute aggressive. When he got you on the ropes, he was pinging the body, he was uppercuts, and he was really, really kind of putting the damage on you. For a moment there in the 10th round there last night, he had Lopez on the ropes, and he didn't even throw a single shot. I'm saying, time's up. That's you know, That was his moment. If, if he was to get yourself back into the fight, because I agree with you, those two scorecards, 115-113, were far too close. 117-111 probably about fair, probably right, actually. Um, so coming into that as well, was, I just think he was having problems with the pace. He held his feet, looked slow on his feet. Um, nothing that he landed was really kind of phasing Lopez. Um, seen Taylor get wobbled just at the, really at the kind of tail half of the end of the seventh. Um, I just felt like, like Taylor felt like he could maybe just walk forward into Lopez. And L- Lopez, for some reason, as I say, he's put, it all, he's put it all together there last night. He's come back to his amateur game. And he just went back to boxing. You saw how quick he was. That right hand was 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 rapid. The feet were fantastic. Okay, he's doing a bit of clowning around in that, but you know that's his mojo back. He's getting confidence. It was probably the best he looked for me since since the Lomachenko fight. And I think he's probably just negated or neglected his, his natural boxing ability and just decided he's he's got the power. He can step in himself and bang away. Which you saw against George Gambosis, it's not really the case. That if he meets someone who's willing to kind of match him. Um, in terms of Taylor and that as well, is it, it could be a combination of things. Shane McGuigan not been the same fighter since he left there. Uh, he's had a very long amateur career. He's had a lot of hard fights in, 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 his, in his pro career and that as well. Was, so maybe it has left a wee bit in the gym, a wee bit in the ring and that as well, leaving it on the on the scales and that. But at the same time, as you can't take away from what Tio Fimo Lopez did there last night. He was absolutely on point. Probably made a fool out of everybody there, or most people, shall we say. Um, but I, I still go back to it. He just has not been the same fighter since since the Progray fight, I think, Josh Taylor. Um, it probably kind of showed going down the back half of the fight. He was always in great condition, always ready for the 12 rounds. As you see, he was, he was sort of hanging on there toward, towards the, the back uh, the back half of the, uh, the 12th round with some of those body shots. Um why um, he got rattled a few times, Taylor threw out the round, that to the head and body after the ninth round, and that as well. There was a question 
whether Taylor could be could come on strong down the stretch, really, and he really needed to come on strong. And there was a moment in the tenth when Taylor had Lopez in the ropes, as, as, as I mentioned, and he just didn't do nothing, done nothing with him. Um, and then the, the old adage we always say, we've seen it with James DeGale, when we see fighters changing stances during fights, it's a clear sign they're frustrated that they're getting nothing home, there's nothing landing for them, uh, which Taylor, Taylor was doing as well during the back half of that fight. He was switching stances, trying to change it up, and he was just getting picked off. And uh, that's it, basically. Um, I don't know what the next fight may be fair. If he's going to, if he's wanting, he says he's going to keep fighting. If he's going to keep fighting, then he needs to be quick. I think he needs to be before the year, the, uh, the year finishes at one forty-seven. Yes. Who he fights, I don't know. To be fair, obviously he needs a couple of tune-up fights to see how it goes. But I agree with you. I, th- I think it's now, it's now on the slide. Now I think he's, he's achieved a great deal. No many people can become undisputed champions. And that, and I think. Once he did the Ramirez job and that, it was job done basically, you know. And it's it's been hard to kind of maintain it for him to try and. But fair play to Lopez and that as well as you, you cannot deny the guy and that he he really stepped it up because it looked like Taylor had the perfect camp. It looked like his his weight was spot on. He didn't look drawn so much on the scales, and by his own admission, he had a great camp in that as well. So there's no excuses in in, in that regard. It's just on the night, Lopez turned up and just turned it on. And it was tremendous to see, actually. It really was because I didn't think he had it in him. And over his last few performances, that he's, he's, he's neglected his own boxing skills. And last night, he brought it back. And he brought it back uh, in abundance. It was a great performance. Yeah, he did. He kind of brought back the energy. I felt that we were feeling with um, Lopez whenever he was coming up through the weights. Uh, shout out to Big uh, Beatbot Boop, who's thrown in the 199 Super Chat. He's asked a question as well, which we will touch upon very shortly. Uh, first of all, uh, Mr. Boop has said, he said it was the best he'd felt at the weight. That's a lie. I, I think so as well now. They're talking a rematch afterwards, Josh threw in. I think it was just cursory mention of a rematch. I don't really want to see that. It does nothing for me. I don't think he can do anything differently at that weight. Taylor has... Uh, sort of been fooling himself in many respects for a while now. I think he appeared unmotivated. He was emotionally disinterested. I just don't think his body could do what he wanted, his mind wanted it to do. The fire, as Andy said there, just was not burning. And I think as well, also, Andy, as much as Tiafimo grew into the fight, I felt like Taylor's performance allowed him to visibly grow in confidence. As, as he saw Josh waning, he wasn't using that huge size difference. At the beginning, I was surprised how big uh, he was compared to Lopez and getting that jab going. His performance allowed Lopez to visibly grow in confidence. He started smiling, dancing, giving the impression to everyone he was winning the fight. Then all of a sudden, he was winning the fight. Regis Progress was texting away. There was a definite shift in momentum. After about round four, I found it very difficult to give Taylor anything. I think yeah. his performance allowed Lopez to grow in confidence and handed it back to him. I think a dominant, on-form, fit and firing Taylor shuts that fight right down. He pushes their mental demons into Lopez's head, Andy, and mm-hmm. closes him out right down the stretch. But he, he really allowed him to grow in confidence. It's the same. Once, it looked like once you get Lopez into a rhythm, it's, there's no really many people who could probably beat him, actually, to be fair. And you say once once he got the confidence going, he was, you know, the ego was up, he was looking cockeyed and all that stuff. He was he has got physical gifts that can really be taught to people. He's got the speed, he's got the footwork. Um it's just it's just the wee bit on, on the outside, it's the fragility, his mental state and that can he holds it together for long enough. That is that is a real thing. But you know, he's he's proved everybody wrong big time. You see, I, I I really did think there was it was close to to being done. I mean, we all saw that that thing, uh, that interview with Kriegel, um, with his dad coming in at the back there and that kind of argument that broke out, that type of thing. That made according to Tim Boxer, that made ESPN Sports Center. Now that's a big deal. That's I think that's a, their main 
sports page uh, over over in America and that's so mm-hmm. the whole thing made made ESPN over there. So he kinda likes it. What's happening here? They burned out a wee bit like Tyson possibly. You know, promising fighter, twenty two year old and he's he's washed up, he's lost his titles, he's he's losing everything else, you know, outside the ring and that. It's just, you know, can he adjust and it, I listened to Bob Arm in that after fight. Apparently they had someone else in camp possibly for uh, to help with the with the training. So maybe maybe that's probably helped matters in that as well. Because it was it was really I was really gonna ask the question when they, after I heard that actually that how much of that performance there was, was Teofimo Lopez rather and his dad giving them uh, the instructions. Maybe his dad said, Look, you need to get back to how you were as an amateur, boxing, moving, counter punching, using that speed. Because did you catch the the, the two jabs that, uh, that Lopez threw in about the ninth or the tenth round? Like Superman, he just like, jumped off the ground. Yeah, when he dived in, a bit like Aye. Lopez, who fought Conlon there, I thought recently. You know, that's 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 confidence, man. That's that, that's when you know you're 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 really in the fight, or as you say, as he's in the fight, but now he's winning the fight, and just that confidence was just leading up to it. And I says those those jabs, those some of those late shots, and those counters were really really successful. Uh, and I, I just can't rate that right hand high enough as, as to how he was catching Joshua. Um, and you can see as well as, uh, I'll say the last three rounds, but certainly the 12th round, I thought Taylor slowed down. And by the way, did the, the two of those judges not give Taylor the 12th round? I didn't see the individual scores, although I was interested someone, in how they went. Aye, someone might, uh, I did see them, but some, someone might be able to confirm it in the chat there, but I'm pretty certain two, the two judges that maybe had it 115-130, I'm sure had the, the 12th round He's surprised that. I thought he was clinging on towards oh, the end. Oh, that mate. seems like those type of scores that they want to, you know, when they want to tighten up their scores so they don't look um, like outliers at the end, like an Adelaide aye. bird. Better tighten up my scores just to, so I can tuck in unnoticed here. Aye, so uh, you, didn't want, like, you didn't want it too wide, but you, you wanted yeah. to kind of close. Oh, it happened. Like, we know it happened. Happens. Aye, I know. Oh, of course it does. Of course it does. But uh, yeah, look, I suppose the other thing as well is the, the other real winner on this is probably Teofimo Lopez's mental health and that as well. Considering, um, and I, I don't believe for a second he's, he's retired. I do not believe that for a second. He's maybe he just want to take some time away and go and deal with his issues and that, and then come back. But it's, he ain't going to walk away with all that cash. It's going to be on the table now with that, uh, with that, after that uh, when Shakur Stevenson, maybe a Devin Haney fight. Uh, if the ball father can try and get the, the finances together and that. Um, yeah. But as I say, look, we, we all know Lopez can, you know, he can do that. But it's the thing is, can he maintain it? And can he, is it, a, is it an interest thing? You know, can, you know is, it, is, it a, is it a level thing? Does he fight down to the level of his opponent? Does he fight up to the occasion? Don't know what it is really, but if they can keep it together and that, the, the kid will, will have a very, very successful career. Saying that, 25 year old, two time. Listen, it's two-time lineal champion, two-division two lineal champion at 25, actually. So, uh, I, mean, I suppose you can maybe argue that maybe Catrell should be the lineal champion after the Taylor uh, nonsense and that as well. But you know what I mean. Yeah, well, possibly. A uh, shout-out to uh, my esteemed co-host, Matty DiGelanado, who can't be with us, but he did send a point in to me on WhatsApp, which Andy's just picked up on there, so I'll just throw it out now. Tenth round, sorry. Tenth round, somebody said in the chat. Oh, was it right? Okay. Well, that's that confirmed. Matty says, the only point I would like to make for the pod, if you can incorporate it, anything for you, Matty, is that Tio's greatest asset is also his biggest problem. He fights to the level of his opposition. I wonder how much of a bigger problem that is, Andy, because even though he looks shit against Camper and he looks even worse against Sandor Martin, if he can just get through those fights as best as he can, and obviously the Cambosos one didn't quite work out, and perform like that in these big fights, then... Maybe fighting down to the level of opposition isn't the worst kind of detractor you can have in your whole career. No, I suppose not. So I remember all the shit that he got for the Nakatani fight, but then obviously we didn't know that there was actually a slanging match going on yeah. behind the scenes in the dressing room with the mum and the, the ex-wife. Right. 
and then just get through. You just got to get through those fights, haven't you? Exactly. I you know, just walking out to the ring like that and all that all that shit going on. And then he comes back with that massive commie knockout, and then the, the Lomachenko win. Obviously, it's the COVID era and that as well. So maybe that kind of like stunted stunted his development a wee bit in that as well. We knew the weight was becoming a wee bit an issue as well at, at, at thirty-five, and he probably blame that for the Cambosis loss, but it. There will be an element to that as well, you know, fighting down the level of his opposition. But when it comes to the, it's probably just the occasion that matters to him rather than the opponent, possibly, you know. But uh, it just shows you, you know, the, the two the two biggest names on his resume, Lomachenko and Taylor, in terms of, you know, prestige or titles or, or talent, you know, he's, he's stepped up on both occasions and won them won them well as I as well, actually, to be fair. So, big game player that's all you can say mate you know in the day if you can win the other fights not nah, you know it's, it's like it's like they all saying that you know if, if you can beat the weird teams in the division that is fine but you can beat the bigger ones when it matters you know so yeah. he's done that and you can't knock it fair play to him no absolutely fair play to Mames making a point as well which is i think is quite a good one he said to twice now subverting the trope that showing emotional vulnerability in a fight week is detrimental to your in-ring performance Yep, as Michael Thompson says, sometimes fighters just find that peace in the ring. I thought he might be going the Tony Ayala route, but he definitely isn't at the moment. He seems to have got himself together in the ring, at least. Hopefully, we can, uh, pretty much similar to Taylor, like Andy said earlier, if we can get Lopez out again soon, get him fighting, get him training. Although he does seem to t- keep himself in pretty good shape, actually. He doesn't seem to be someone for all of his mental demons and fragility who actually blows up in between fights. So I don't think uh, keeping him in the gym is a problem, but keeping him focused. Hopefully, Bob can get in those big fights now and keep him on uh, the right path. Shout out to Jay Rich there. He's got a Welsh flag in his in his uh, commentary, in his little icon thing there. I haven't seen that name before. He's made a couple of points, which I don't necessarily agree with, but you're very welcome anyway, Jay Rich. He said, I don't think Taylor was that bad. I just think T.O. was that good. I don't necessarily agree with that, actually. Uh, I think T.O. was good, but as I said, he rose into the contest. He grew into it because Taylor was just so listless and bad, and I think it gave... Lopez confidence and once he hit that groove and he hit that momentum from the mid rounds he's a very hard man to stop and Taylor just wasn't getting any stronger also Jay Rich says I mean he upped his game from the Catrell fight I'm not necessarily sure he did up his game from the Catrell fight because if you remember in the last uh, three rounds of the Catrell fight 10 11 12 even though he was looking he wasn't looking great he was really trying to force the fight he was making it dirty he was trying to grab hold of Catrell he was pushing him back it wasn't effective work but he was really going for it I didn't get that impression last night that he was really going for it like in that 12th round he was doing anything but pushing Lopez back trying to get the knockout in fact he looked like the person who was going to get knocked out or knocked down at least if anybody was he does have a very good chin though Kazagi kind of chin I think he does take a shot very well Uh, Beatbot Boop by the way I mentioned earlier through in a question uh, we'll throw it out to you now, Andy. He says, do you think Josh could go to the Kronk team? And I'll just throw in as well, styles, coaches, etc. I think everything better last night for Taylor came off the jab. And then he stopped using the jab. He started posing in range. He wasn't, he wasn't doing anything. He was standing off, trying to box at times and load up, got caught out. He seemed more effective when he was trying to uh, smother Lopez, as he did with Catchell before, using his physical strength, take away the Lopez space and the distance. But there were too many periods in that fight when he didn't do either. He didn't stand off and jab, or he didn't smother Lopez. He stood in no man's land, square on, getting knocked with shots. It's almost to me, from McGuigan, which was his peak, to Davidson, to McNally, doesn't matter who's in the corner. He looked like a fighter last night who was caught between styles. He just didn't really know what to do. He also, he was having severe problems with the footwork and that as well with, with Lopez. L- Lopez was turning him and, quickly, and obviously Josh had to then turn and try to reset himself. Before he knows where he is, Lopez is then halfway across the ring and he's then going to follow him. He, he, 
he did catch Lopez with some some good flush shots. And I think around about the eighth and the ninth, and uh, I think there might be a slight cut or maybe a bruising around about uh, Lopez's face. Uh, wee bit. But it never had really much impact on, on Lopez. I, I I thought Lopez took Taylor's best punches, ate them as, as such. Didn't never look flustered. I didn't I didn't think anyway. Um, some of those shots. Um, as as for the catch off, I, I, I agree. This it's, there hasn't really been. Um, a marked improvement, you know, in terms of performance levels, and that because the reason why I was I was so confident about Taylor coming into this fight is obviously I, I mentioned Lopez and the fragility of him or shown outside the ring and that you just wonder if it's going to catch up with him at some point. But with Taylor, just this 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 thing with moving camps and I just think it's it's just it's just coming the it's just coming the the wrong time. Um, and he's just completely missed the boat. Actually, I really think he has he has missed his, missed the boat here. Made the wrong moves. I don't know if he's been badly advised not to change change trainers. He said he wanted to take control of his own career. Well, he done that. He changed trainers. He went to Ben Davison for a couple of fights. Couldn't become undisputed, and it's been all down the hill against Cartrell. It was it was desperation stage. And even 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 when we were watching it, and knowing it was desperation, thinking Cartrell was winning the fight, he never really done anything different. He wasn't really kind of like really. Landed in heavy on Cartrell. Cartrell was, was was never really flustered like, as as well. And um, again, it's just it's it's it's, it's, a, it's I think it's a, it's a fine balance between possibly the weight or it's, it's he's on the slide. It's just simple as that. And I, I go back and mention Taylor's had a lot of hard fights, amateur and pro, lengthy pro uh, amateur career. Didn't he turn pro until what twenty five? I want to say mid twenties. And then you think about, you know, he's been pushed up through the ranks pretty quick in that as well. We only had, what, 19, 20 fights? Very quickly, hard fights yeah. under the McGuigan yeah. tutelage as well. We only left McGuigan for the MTK thing. Regular fights as thing. well. There was no Regular... other reason to leave McGuigan. Aye. It's because of the MTK thing. Aye, maybe. Again, I'm sorry, that's, that's what I mentioned about, about being poorly advised and that. Yeah. Um, but again, it's just, it's just, it's just been all peak tong and that. It just shows you, hey, Boxing waits for no man at the end of the day. It was it was it was a good matchup on paper and that as well as but then Lopez just made it look not so much easy. I, th- I thought t- Taylor must must have thought he was just going to like well, I felt as well he's going to overwhelm him. But it just shows you boxing is great. That it just shows that sometimes it's just all into that class of styles. And the fact is that Lopez was happy to kind of take that wee half step back. He wasn't willing to hold his feet for long as well. He was willing to move box. That's what really befuddled the and offset till on that as well as he couldn't get Lopez to stand with him for long enough to trade it out, and if they did, Taylor was usually uh, Lopez was usually having the final answer. And on beat, but Boop's comment as well going to the Cronk gym. I, I mean, I don't no. think stylistically it might change a few things, but I, I don't think it's there. I, don't, I mean, yeah, that's the last place he needs to be. I know they're not like Tommy Hearn sparring anymore, but putting in work in that gym and trying to uh, incorporate that style, I, don't, I just don't think he's got it in him anymore. I think he, I, I think he's just burnt out. I don't, I don't know what he does different, mate. I mean, I, I can remember Josh being in the gym spa, uh, pre-Olympics 2012 London and he was in sparring Ricky Burns and he was getting Burns, yeah, he, I think he was champ at the time as well. Gave him everything he could handle. He was a machine, constant engine. Whenever there was a break, he was always bouncing on his toes, ready to go again and that type of thing. Didn't see that last night. There's no bounce. Didn't seem to be a lot of snap. He came out early in the first round. He was really kind of like you know on it then, and then it just seemed to kind of fritter away. Is it the is it the gas? I don't know, mate. It's even changing trainers at this point as well. I mean, this would be his fourth change in his career. He's still got um, one of the boys in his in his corner of his amateur days. Is it, I think it's Terry McCormick. The guy's name is. Yeah. Um, he was there last night, but um, 
Maybe, maybe that's not going to change the legs going at the way. No. That's not going to change the stretch last night. That was a physical thing for me. I think he he was really desperately trying to do things, and his body just wouldn't respond for whatever reason. I don't think sticking someone do, new in the corner is going to change that personally. Yeah, I, even at one forty, mate. And if he wants to go at one forty-seven, he's his time's limited up there as well. I mean, I, I don't know what age Josh is. At this point, thirty-two, thirty-three, possibly. I think when pull up the rankings, but he's not going to be getting title shots anytime soon, is he's he? Thirty-two, yeah. Thirty-two, and not going to be getting title shots anytime soon. I'm just going to pull up the rankings here at one forty-seven. See what we've got here in terms of names. We obviously, need to think about ESPN. Um, not great. I mean, what, what, what's inspiring for you here? Alex Rocha, Cody Crowley. Um, maybe the Virgil Ortiz fight, but he's having problems making. What about weight. the WBO route? Who who's high up there? Because he's more likely, isn't he, being a champion uh, to get another shot up there quicker? I think with them. So. Well, you got Blair Cobbs, Giovanni Santillian, Jamal James, Liam Taylor, um, mm, and Jamal Mario James Barrios. Maybe. Different Jamal James PVC though. Uh, that guy is off the Uzbekistan. He fights next week actually. Nah, there's yeah. nothing there there's that you'd nothing be interested there. in. There's nothing there that would be really interesting. Really, any of those names that you're looking at, obviously they're top 10 ranked names. Not. Taylor probably would step into fit the top 15, possibly. Um, you would start picking names out of, out of that top 15. you start fighting them if he's wanting to keep going. But um, it's, it's a hard one, really. Um, I, I really don't know what you did with Josh Taylor at this point, to be fair. Um, and changing camps, I don't think it's going to be the answer, really, to be fair, either, because he's even, he's even put out a statement saying, you know, great, great camp, thanks to the team and all that, named them all. So um, it seems that he'll probably stay with those guys at least. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's a hard, again, some of these names here. Charles, no, you echo Essaman. He's not going to go back to that level, is he? Well, I don't think. He's going to have to go back to some sort of... He's going to have to come down a level, mate. Really. Have an Essien kind of level, I think, maybe. Uh, possibly. But he needs to come down a level, really, to kind of see where he's at. It's because he's, he's going to go up and wait, I think. It is. This time he's going to go up and wait. Um, but he needs to have some sort of kind of bounce back to see, what, see what's happening, see if he's still got it, see if he's still got the appetite for it and that as well. He must have made a shitload of cash during the during that boxing tournament as well, the World, uh, the World Boxing Super Series and that. Well, I hope really so, because he deserves it. I've said before, uh, I heard on different American podcasts, I'm kind of going on about his roar, and it wasn't all that. That's absolute bollocks, man. I'm not having that for a second. The catch-all loss and the TFEMO, oh, sorry, the catch-all fight and the TFEMO loss, as damaged as they are to his legacy or whatever, I don't think they'll take away from that run he went on. It was a Froch-esque run, and actually cut Joe Burns through this in beforehand. He said, this is before the Lopez fight, but if he beats Lopez, who has the better British boxing resume, Carl Froch or Josh Taylor, I'll always say that run that Froch went on is really hard for beat. Mm-hmm. Love, love him or hate him. And I saw him on Showbox, actually, on Friday night, uh, being inducted into the International Hall of Fame. That was an amazing run. But Taylor's wasn't far off in terms of them people he was beating. You know, you can turn around and say, oh, it was all this, and... Like Ramirez, he pushed him and hit it, knocked him down, and Pro Gray and this, that, and the other. No, I'm not having that. It's a load of bollocks. And Baranchik, they were really, really good yeah, versions yeah. of Postal, Baranchik, Ryan Martin unbeaten, um, Pro Gray, as we mentioned, Ramirez, etc. That, that was a that was a hell of a run. That was. You need to remember as well as I mean a lot of people and some people forget this had the, the O'Hara Davis fight marked as a 50-50 fight. Loads of folk yeah. had back Davis to beat him. And uh, I think they're, they're all surprised that it's how it kind of turned out because that was one of the... That is... that When I think about George Taylor at his peak, that's what I'm thinking about. The beatdown he put on that night is, is, is prime George Taylor. And that is how I expected him to be, be looking there last night and he didn't have it. And what do we know? That's, that's, that was 2017. 
that's about, about four or five years ago. Mm. It just shows you. It shows you, yeah. Um, you peak one minute and then like you're, you're on the slide the next. Uh, I, I really think he is on the slide. Now. I mean, you remember all the kind of bruising he used to take, the cuts and that. Uh, remember the Vasquez fight? He was he was he was swollen in that one. He had a badly swollen eye against Progre. Been in the wars, and it's been and you've you've all heard the stories about about the sparring wars. And that if uh, if something got dropped low, or there's a wee sneaky elbow running about the ribs or whatever, and that the fucking rib must have come down, and Taylor would go to war. Maybe that's just taken out of him as well. Jim wars the weight and his professional career and his amateur career is all added up, and it's now coming home to roost. Yeah, the two inactive, as Danny says, you can't have that inactivity when you're busting your guts to make weight, absolutely. Jim McDonald makes a good point as well. He says 23 likes and 1,183, one th- uh, sorry, 14,183 listeners. Some of you need to start exerting yourselves onto that like button. That's something that we can agree with. Uh, one final point about the main event before we move on to uh, just a quick recap of the undercard and then on to the other fights, Andy. I rate the referee Michael Griffin, but I think he needs to be stronger. This wasn't an issue as the fight went on, but I saw early on. He allowed Teofimo Lopez to micromanage him at times. They clearly had a word beforehand saying, keep an eye out for Taylor. He pushes the head down. He does this, that and the other. Both of them were doing dodgy moves. Lopez, if you notice, he sneaks off to the side and drops an elbow yeah. in at times. And he put, he pushed Taylor as well, which is fine. But every time Taylor did anything, Lopez turned around to him and micromanaged Griffin. To a couple of t- times, he turned around and actually pulled him in. And Griffin went ahead uh, like almost on puppet strings and called a timeout on behalf of that. I'm not a fan of that. The referee needs to be mentally stronger for me. Yeah, that's a Canadian guy, and obviously Josh got his own. He's a good own, ref too. I'm just trying to remember if there's any other fights he's maybe been a bit suspect in and that, but mm. yeah, you, you get it in that as well. I mean, they've been they've been interesting last night. If um, if it had, you know, obviously it was quite a feverish crowd for for Lopez. It'd be interesting to see if Taylor had actually maybe even got that decision. Then <laughs> fucking crowd with a win medal. <laughs> but yeah, the the, the ref. Um, to be honest, I wasn't paying much attention to him in that, but he was. Uh, I remember when Lopez, I think he, he turned his back a couple of times, possibly. Um, I think the ref had to say to him, You need to turn back around about, you can't turn your back and that. And then I think when they were kind of locking up, he turned his back on George Taylor again. He was then kind of kind of like back, you know, he was throwing, throwing a punch for you like behind his back, really, kind of like on George's yeah. stomach that time. I think just shit like that, really. Stuff that shouldn't really be going on, stuff that should be getting curbed out. Um, and then obviously Lopez had that funny moment towards the end, like right at the very end of the last round, he ran away at the corner just before the bell rang. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck's all that about? And the ref's like, look, I'm, where he gone, dude? You know, so yeah, see, I, th- I thought the ref was, was, was okay, but yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of, you know, eh, you know micromanaging fights. Not the best refs are the ones that are you know, not really involved. The, 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 the refs that kind of jump in to make sure that, you know, the fight stumps once the round ends and that, they're the best ones. And let the guys sort it out and that, but you got to, you got to kind of like, Cut it down the line in that as well. Both guys are taking the piss. Both guys are taking the piss. Josh Taylor, who knows where he's going to go. Lopez's career is back on the way up. You are listening to the Boxing Asylum Nuttos podcast, episode 527. Tio is a very good fighter, says Des. Taylor is a good kid, but does this just come down to levels? Mm, possibly. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, Des, to be honest. I just think it just wasn't there for Taylor. And the version that went in against Progray would have um, given him a lot tougher of a fight and possibly won the fight. And is the only one with me at the moment. Hopefully the boys will jump on at some point. If not, we shall motor on through. Me and Andy are used to doing this in Punches from the Past, which you can go over to patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum to listen to. If you wish, shout out to the chat. We'll give them a proper rundown shortly or run them over 
with a big truck. Uh, quick rundown of the undercard. I only saw Xander Zoyas, unanimous decision over Ronald Cruz, dropped him in the first round, looked really good. After that, a little bit one-paced at times, not much variety. He looks like a decent prospect, though. He's only 20 years of age. Plenty of time to um, get that on track. He won the Miguel Cotto Award as well for Puerto, Day, uh, Puerto Rican Soy Day weekend. Bruce Carrington getting a win. Omar Rosario, Robson Conceso and Palanco ended up in a headbutt, so it was a no contest. The big Polish heavyweight, Kniber, defeated Olguin on points. Bit of a red flag there. Most decent people knock out that Olguin. And Henry, Henry Lebron with a 10-round win over Carlos Ramos. I only saw Xander Zayas off that one. Um, what else were we going to ask? Oh, I was going to mention Callum Walsh as well, actually, in California. He got a fourth-round KO win over Carson Jones, who's 43-16-3 now. There was a bit of headbutting going on there, um, and Callum Walsh managed to get rid of him. Good prospect under the Freddie Roach banner, originally from Cork. Definitely one to keep an eye on. We'll go over to Saturday night. Most of us are watching the Champions League final, for best as we could, Andy. But you managed to flick over at one point to see Sonny Edwards against Andres Campo, 117-111 across the board. Possibly fair scores. Uh, they were trying to control the narrative afterwards. I know Eddie was going on about uh, making certain fights, hopefully. He gets that right, and he does make those fights indeed. But Sonny was sort of talking about giving up rounds as if he had handed them over to Campos. I thought Campos came and had a right good go. Couldn't punch, ultimately, uh, but it was a good workout for Sonny Edwards. He was probably better than he thought. Uh, talk about Rodriguez next. Jesse Rodriguez, as he said, he can make that fight. That's the kind of fight Sonny needs, I think, to step up to now, Andy, just to get the fires burning, really, rather than yeah. this kind of uh, mandatory or, or voluntary defences. He needs he needs something in terms of a test. I, I, I felt, I, 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 did I hear Eddie right? Did he mention about Sonny potentially either going up or down in weight? I was like, he's, a, he's not fucking making 108, no chance. didn't hear that, to be honest, no. I no, I'm sure, I'm sure, mm. I thought he maybe said that. but Correct me in the chat if you heard it, I don't know. I was thinking, they, they're insufferable on the zone. I can only listen to so much. Well, <laughs> I turned over uh, at round seven because I was watching Champions League final as well. So and you kind of knew what was going to happen in the fight anyway. You knew Sonny was going to go twelve rounds, um, and it, obviously you know, he does what he does. And it's just one of those type of things in that as well. Is it, it could become one of those title reigns unless he gets a big fight where it becomes stale and maybe he gets an injury or he takes he just takes an L possibly in that you know just unexpectedly, but. I don't see it off what's ranked uh, uh, with IBF. Jason Rodriguez would be the ideal opponent, maybe a, a Martinez and that as well, potentially. Well, the Martinez would be interesting, Andy, considering he's stylistically similar to Campos, and the boys are confirming in the chat there as well that he did indeed say he could go down in ways. No chance. I mean, we'll put the jokes to the side, but I think everybody says that, you know, Sonny Edwards looks like a meth head when he's trying to make 112. What's it going to be like trying to make 108? He'll look like the piano man, wouldn't he? He's got a wee dad coma over as well going on there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, I mean, even even coming down to 108, I mean, the, the only really kind of meaningful fight from really is, is, is Ken Shiro. Um, but either Rodriguez or Martinez would be ideal for me, like, to be fair. I think it would probably bring the best out of him in that as well as... Um, probably wouldn't have it all his own way. He'd probably have moments he's got to deal with, um, certainly in terms of Martinez and that, but I think he picks him off. He uses his legs well. Uh, Rodriguez fights a bit different than that as well. As I know he got a little bit of, kind of shit for his last performance, but again, the guy set the bar pretty high for himself after his two wins against Quadras and uh, was it was Estrada, I think it was. Um, it was Estrada, wasn't it? Who was that? Sorry, Rodriguez. Rodriguez, aye. Who's yeah, his two wins? Yeah. No, sorry, Ring Versailles. Sorry, Ring Versailles. Oh, yes, uh, the Thai fella. Sorry. Aye, Ring Versailles and, uh, and Quadras. And Quadras was the other one, wasn't it? Is aye. that what you said? Yes, sir. Aye. So, aye, they, they, they're kind of like top bar, top bar wins for him. So, uh, 
Yeah, so uh, Edwards Rodriguez, ideal. Um, there's nothing really as I want to see. I don't want to see him at 108. It's just a stupid suggestion for Eddie, to be fair. And up at 108, you've got Estrada, you've got Gonzalez, if he's still going to be fighting. Uh, I think Nakatani is now the WBO champ. I think that's ESPN. Um, Fernando Mart- uh, Martinez, uh, the IBF champ at, at one, one, 115. Um, or if you're going to go up to I like maybe see the Koshi Tanaka fighting that as well. Is that but, uh, He'd bring the heat, but ultimately yeah. I think Edwards would, 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 would pick him apart. Got a win um, as well recently, Tanaka. He's bounced back well, uh, hasn't he? Since was it Ioka who beat him a uh, few years ago? Beat, beat him pretty well too, as well. Yeah, and he's, he did, he's yeah. had a, he's had a few hard wars over the years, so just don't know if he's over the hill now at this point as well. Um, so I, I, th- I think if, if he is going to remain at, at one twelve, it's got to be unification next because he, he can end up running the risk of being bored, shall we say, just becoming stale, as as, as I mentioned. And if you if you become stale, sometimes you can put in lackluster performances, and if you get a dodgy judge. You just never know. You might end up getting a bad result against you one night. You just never know. So it's time to step up. Not so much in class, you know what I mean? It's just time to step up to to the next level in terms of uh, champs, I suppose, unification fights, if, if Eddie can get them made. But he's got two of them in his stable there, so it should be pretty much easily made. As for the undercard, I must admit, uh, I didn't see Johnny Fisher. I didn't see Siobhan Clark, which was the only one that was of any interest to me. Reese Bellotti getting a bit of win coming back there against Yusuf Kamari. He was, I was good, by the way. I've seen, I seen bits of that fight. He was he was excellent. Was he, yeah? Aye, Bellotti, aye. He was really good, mate. He, he, he fought like it was his last chance, mate. It was a British title eliminator. Uh, Kumari just, just couldn't, just couldn't punch him, man. He just, just couldn't do anything with him. Bellotti was in the pocket with him and he was out working him. So I, I was really surprised at his performance. To be fair, on that because I thought he was, he, he was one as well who was possibly on the on the road. At, um, but he's come back well there. I thought he boxed, uh, he fought pretty well there actually. So fair play to him. Yeah, he was inactive for um, fourteen months. Was was Bellotti, but he fairly came back. I, I did. I watched a couple of rounds in between. I think it was at half time. Uh, that's Shanika Johnson against Ellie Scottney, and I know Matty uh, isn't going to be pleased with these kind of comments, but. I just thought that it's just like watching two. They look like they're punching underwater. The two of them. I mean, it's not really world level fair, is it? Like I mean, that's no, a bad thing to say for the wee women. Fair play to them, like. But gosh, never seen it, mate. I was, uh, I was watching the game at the time. Eh? I tried. What did I see on the card anyway? Just out of curiosity. Aye, I seen Bellotti, um, and I seen the last few rounds of Sonny, Sonny Edwards. Um, Chevron Clark didn't see him. Don't know how how he got on, but. Um, what else is there? Johnny Fisher, the Bosch Army. Uh, uh, that was dodgy. I seen the day. I only seen that on Twitter. Actually, what what landed there, lads? Those Stevie. Not too much, it? apparently. I uh, know. <laughs> looks like I kind of like shot, maybe cuffed the side of the head, possibly, but didn't look like there was nothing that was going to put him down for the count. So, Fisher's another one, by the way. What is he like? Nine and all, ten and all now. Um, when's mm. he going to step up in class now? I don't think he is, is he? Why, why would they stick him up in class if he's selling a load of tickets, knocking over t- bin men? He's got Big John at ringside, I suppose. Yeah. They'll they just milk it, won't they? Well, this is what I'm saying. You, you got Eddie mentioned like for Campbell Hart, and you know, he's, he's not a ticket seller. He's no anything great to watch. So why is Eddie sticking with him? He's going to fuck him off at some point. But Fisher, he'll be happy to feed him this shit because he shifts you know, a train load of tickets, by the way. When you see him get off the train, the Bosch Army, oh, Jesus Christ. And they go in, and then they leave before the main event. That that arena sounded absolutely desolate last night uh, during that main event. Don't know how many were in the place. Only like Wembley was kind of like half curtained off. To be fair, on that as well. So don't know how many were in it, but certainly didn't seem very much after the Bosch Army had left anyway. But again, I just want to see him step up in class and see what he's got because 
he's at that he's at that point in his career now where he should be possibly fighting for um, area titles. Uh, the ideal for him, but he's fighting this fucking trash. What was he fair? Chile or Argentina? Puerto Rico, sorry. Um, and then you got that Damiani, you had that guy from the Czech Republic. You had some fucking bum for Spain. You know, it's, I just want to see. You know, I think area level fights would be far better for him than this trash. To be fair, thing is though, sometimes promoters do that. I know we've mentioned him on past uh, on the pod in the past, but the, like Roman Greenberg, that Israeli heavyweight that was around, like he fought for seven years and he ended up twenty seven and one with eighteen KOs, and he never fought anybody. Mm. They took him around all the Hobson undercards. He was Fight Academy. He was on the BBC. Sure. He was Poland, and then eventually he fought Fred- Cedric Boswell. In 2008, the first ever step up. Got knocked out in two rounds and then retired. So there is a market for this. Just keep on plodding them out. Oh, God. I know, but then you, you start you start to kind of laugh when it fucking does 40, 40 shit and that. But I, th- I just think, honestly, if, if, in terms of like, if, you know, the, fa- the, the paying public, the fans going to these things, you'd rather see Fisher fight, surely, a local rival of some sort for the Southern Area title. Uh, or for like whatever it is, an English title, you know, something fucking far better than some fucking East, this trash that they're bringing in for Puerto Rico. It's probably cost them to fly them over here for Puerto Rico that would be yeah, a title thinking. fight. I don't you know, know why saying? they do. I don't know why they do that. Bring over the Argentines and stuff for like a round and two rounds because, like you said, surely it'd be cost too much in airfare, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's worth airfare, them there. <laughs> airfare, hotels, visas, sometimes visas, I medicals, all that shit. At least if you've got the guy in the country, you know, it'd be ideal. Not, it's, it's, make any sense. They need to create some kind of heavyweight base on like the Isle of Wight or something that they couldn't have been The Isle of Relevancy. Oh dear. Uh, talking of domestic heavyweights, uh, the night before Friday the 9th of June, I, I'm going to confess I completely forgot about this card until Andy mentioned it to me off air. I didn't even watch it at all. David Adelaide with a fifth round retirement win over Emir Amatovic. Uh, Mark Chamberlain, he's a tall lightweight, I think he is actually, or something, or welterweight. He's doing pretty well down there. Knocked out Marvin Demolari, Henry Turner as well. Got a knockout win over Tom Fowler, starting to knock, uh, uh, scrape up the losses now. Joshua Frankham, Royston Barney, Smith, Henry Turner, yeah, there's there's some decent prospects. How did it play out overall in BT? I've only seen the two main fights, mate, to be fair. Mark Chamberlain against that Italian guy. I've I, I seen a clip of that Italian uh, training in the fucking in the dressing room, practicing the left hook, and he was sending it by fucking standard delivery post. Um, oh, it was bad. And they're all saying on, on the commentary, oh, this uh, this, this uh, Del Malari, he could, he could be t- a tough tough father for Chamberlain. Could be could be a right dark horse here. And I'm like, really? And he's come out and he's he's dropped, but he got dropped bad the first time. Should have been stopped, really. To be fair, uh, Bob Williams a bit suspect again. He dropped the second time, and then the towel came in with the he got up because uh, I think he was going to get allowed to. Frank's losing his shit. You know, Frank's just came out of surgery and that a few weeks ago, and he's back at back at ringside and he's losing his fucking mind at the referee calling for the fight to be stopped. So I Jim had done the business, obviously, and that. But that that Italian was fucking awful, mate. Absolutely awful. Offered nothing. Uh, David Adelaide, um, again, just he's just a bit like the Fisher at this point in that as well. As you know, struggling to shake off that Sokolowski fight, I think, isn't he? You know, a lot of people thought he lost because he has decent skills and decent tools, and he is doing an okay job. But I think that kind of just hanging over his head like a sword at the moment until he gets aye. the match over. I'm sure the guy retired actually, but um, one oh, thing I did notice about Adelaide was 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 his job. His job was pretty good. It was pretty solid. Uh, so if he could improve on that, you know, strong job, and then get the right hand working behind it, then it, it, it might make something about it. But 
he's, he's fighting these WBO European titles and that, so he's, he's clearly just bagging up the ranking and points to get himself into contention at some point for whenever the call comes, because I suspect these heavyweight titles are going to be getting splintered in the next coming months, not possibly by the end of the year. And they might just find himself by luck if uh, you know in, in contention for a title shot at some point in the next 18 months, possibly if if the politics come into play yet. So, um, but it wasn't great to be fair, mate. And then to be honest, the opponent isn't wasn't was nothing spectacular. Some Serbian based out of Germany, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Hergovic had, had had his way with him over three rounds and that as well. So, guys, nothing. And then you obviously we've all complained about Hergovic's you know level opponents these days and that. So, nothing, nothing really great to, to write home about. And we mentioned it last week in that as well as the three, two, three domestic cards I think we had this weekend in, in the UK. You couldn't have taken any of those fights, out, those those three cards, and made one decent card there to put on TV. There was not one solid enough. We knew what Edwards was going to do. Mm. Um, if you had the Chamberlain, as it was, was chief, I'm sure it was chief support. I think on BT, awful. You know, the opponent was just shit. Uh, the Edwards fight you kind of knew, and then obviously you had, you had the women's title fight and Johnny Fisher. You know, that's that's not enough, really, was it? It's, it's no, it's no great. Uh, Thomas Newman there saying, Warren saying Adelaide opponent gave Hergovic a, a tough fight. Did he fuck? I love it when they attach the, the, the sort of credibility to these fighters. They'll be like, oh yeah, so-and-so he's been in with this guy and that guy and the other guy. And you look down the box track and he's not, he got knocked out in a round by them all. You know, you'd literally put me in against those fellas and say, I've been in against such and such. So oh, yeah. I think I think supposed to be put him down like three or four times right. during that fight. <laughs> I don't think Adelaide dropped him once. <laughs> Oh dear. Well, if Adelaide improves enough, he could become this generation Scott Belshaw if he's lucky. So good luck yeah. to him. Uh, Friday evening, the 9th of June, later on in the evening, over in the Hall of Fame weekend. Showed it to Tim Bradley, actually. I've been critical of Tim in the past. And he kind of confirmed that this whole ESPN thing he puts on is a bit of an act, Andy. He came on Showtime and talked to Al Bernstein. And I thought he was excellent. He was talking about his career very briefly, only for two or three minutes, about his dad, about some of his early fights, about his talent. The pack touched upon the Pacquiao fight. Really concise, well-rounded interview with Al Bernstein, none of the hyperbole, none of the big boy pants bollocks, which says even more that he's trying to put on this caricature for ESPN. That's the type of Bradley that I want to be seeing. And uh, Frotch spoke well as well, and they had a few, I think, did they have Zab Judah or... What card was that, um, The Showbox card, because it was, was Hall of Thursday? Fame weekend on the Friday night. Yeah, oh, they had a card on from New York. It was the Ali Ismailov against Charles Foster card, and they had Frotch right. on in between. Al Bernstein was interviewing all the Hall of Famers, Tim Ryan as well, who used to do the old Showtime cards. Um, and they had uh, uh, Tim Bradley, and I can't remember who the other person was they were interviewing. Oh, yeah, Rafael Marquez for an interpreter. He got inducted into the Hall of Fame as well. And Did Alicia Ashley. as well, eh? Yeah, he got inducted. I wouldn't necessarily put Rafael Marquez in myself under the strictest criteria, but uh, yeah, he got inducted as well this time, yeah. Tim Bradley got inducted this weekend as well, eh? Yeah, he did. That's what I was saying. He spoke very uh, well on Showbox, actually, when he wasn't trying to be a character. Uh, I mean, I've heard Timmy getting get the interview before, like, say, no on ESPN or just like on the YouTube channels. He always comes across as knowledgeable and, you know, good talker, that type of thing and that as well. Um, you often wonder then, you know, if, if did they get asked to play it up? You know, play a character, you know? I think like... it was after he talked up with Teddy Atlas. I think he saw that kind of worked for Atlas. This You're is just like... Yeah, I think so. And he comes up with all these weird analogies and yeah. metaphors and stuff. I, I, I think so. I don't, I don't hate him for it, but I just think that it showed on Friday night that when he sits back, takes a breath, and stops trying to be a character and play this role, he's actually a really, you know, insightful, well-spoken analyst. 
Aye, I remember listening to um, uh, the lads when they used to still do Tail of the Tape podcast. Um, and he's, he was he would be unsufferable, especially during like the COVID era. And uh, Tim Bradley, and they would say, "Is you know, it was there was one time in the fight, he's like the, the camera was like right on Bradley's head, and it was like taking up the entire screen because he's got a big massive boulder head." He said, "The best thing, the best thing he could have done that day, that entire night was actually lean forward, and pull the fucking plug out, switch the whole thing off." Uh, but I, I mean, I, I can remember, I can remember Bradley going off in a big rant. Uh, you can see him like looking at looking at Andre Ward. Am, am I good to go here, bro? Am I good to go? And Ward's looking at him like you're on your head. you're on your own here, bro. You know, just <laughs> carry on. But um, yeah, I suppose, mate. It'd be interesting if he, if he gets asked if he's like going to play it up, and you, you get Ward on the other end playing playing his side, of it, and that's where he tries to kind of play the kind of down to earth. Oh, the straight man and the comedy man, yeah, ah, quite possibly. You know, straight laced. You know, straight cut. Type of hanging that, but oh no, I, I downloaded the SOG um documentary as well. Actually, mm. I've not watched it yet. But no, I haven't watched it. I got to gear myself up actually to kind of like watch Andre Ward, Pat Andre Ward on the back, you know. So I'll need to, I'll need to gear myself up for that one. No, I agree, Michael. In the chat, he does have a personality, but I just think sometimes I think he just goes too far trying to be like a character. And if he just takes a step back, I actually enjoy listening to him more, but that's just a personal preference. Other people might think differently. As for the card itself and Showbox. Ali Esmailov got a 10-round unanimous decision win over Charles Foster. I think Charles Foster is Oshaki Foster's brother. He's, uh, I'll tell you what, they said this was the next generation. The, the main event has had a combined age of 63, so I'm not really sure what generation they're going to be um, <laughs> heeding. But, uh, yeah, Esmailov trains with John David Jackson. Jackson said he's a massive puncher. He knocked down Foster in the fifth round. thought he was a bit laboured otherwise, quite straightforward. No special effects, as Rob would say. And I thought Foster maybe did enough to get the decision there, but... Uh, the judges thought otherwise. Uh, Juan Carrillo was a Colombian, 11 and owner with eight knockouts. Really uh, decent hairline, old Carrillo. A bit of a puncher, a bit of a podgy belly. Started to tire as the fight went on. Uh, they said he had a 450 amateur fight, so he's quite the experienced campaigner. He had a 10-round decision win over Richard Van Sicklen, who is now uh, beaten for the first time, 29-year-old from Seattle. All six fighters in the three main fights on Showbox were all undefeated going in. Christy Martin did a lot of the uh, promoting and matchmaking. Uh, Clay Waterman on the undercard, 10-0 with eight knockouts from Australia. His nickname is The Weapon. (laughs) Quite an an interesting nickname. He went into against Kenmon Evans, who is 8-0, spent a lot of time in prison, came out, got taken on by Christy Martin, had a really nice jab, very tall, but he faded badly as the fight went on, lost a decision to Clay Waterman, who I don't really think is going anywhere. He was a decent amateur, fought in the World Championships, actually, I think. Uh, but, uh, yeah, decent card all around from Showbox there. So, uh, uh, Matty, Matty Di Gelonardo, kind of fair, really. Right, before we go on to the next card, let's have a look through the chat and see who's hanging around. Uh, Mark Stanton's in there, so is Jim McDonald Boxing. And Michael Thompson's with us as well. Chris Butler, uh, Captain Casual, that's Damo. Shout out to him. Uh, yeah, we're going to get to that card, don't worry. Uh, who else have we got here? Let's have a look. Just scrolling on up. We've got Johnny, Horsecock Nelson. We've got Dez, as always. He's floating about. Thomas Newman is with us. Emlith going 1983. MB, Rosie Mason. Uh, shout out to her. Uh, David Mustard is with us as well. Big A. Can't remember if I mentioned him already. Uh, scrolling up Jay Rich shout out to him first time I've seen that name in the chat might be the last time as well maybe he's had enough of us already uh, let's have a look couple more before we close out for the evening take Ames was there I haven't seen Chuck Wu yet great performance from him last weekend uh, Yimmy Yappy as well shout out to Yimmy that'll do for now uh, let's get on to the Mungia card then the, the fight of the weekend for me against Sergei Derenchenko 
114, 113 uh, times two, and a 115, 112 from the ageless Lou Moret, uh, WBC silver super middleweight title on the line. I think that uh, knockdown very much cost Derevinchenko in the last round. I don't know how he got up from it. It was an absolutely cracking body shot. Plus points for Mungia. He t- he's exciting. He can take a shot. He can take a shot. He takes a lot of shots. I don't know what he's going to be speaking through or sucking his dinner through a straw by the time he gets to 50. I tell you what, he brings the crowds out. They absolutely love him there. It sounds like a brilliant atmosphere wherever he fights. He is excited. He can definitely punch a bit. Derevinchenko can feel hard done to. I think that last not very knockdown just absolutely cost him. Mungia is skirting around on the outskirts of the World Championships at the moment. And I think there's a reason because anybody half decent would level him out. But what he does, he does well. Brings excitement, takes a lot of shots. And it's good to watch, Andy. <laughs> Even though it's maybe not the sweet science, it's exciting, fair to watch. Mate, I was points in that fight last night with that guy's energy. I'm thinking this isn't the sweet. This is this is mere. This is mere. Do you feel punchy by the end of the twelve rounds? Oh, mate, my God! I mean, there was there was. They said um, one thing I wanted to pick up on as well. They said in the in the broadcast that uh, Mangia's team had actually went to Devranchenko's team, wanting to change it to twelve to ten rounds. Which on 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 hindsight, no, actually, Devranchenko actually rejected it apparently. But if if that's true. He should have just went with the ten rounds because he would have won the fucking fight possibly if it hadn't been for those last that last round. What a fight, mate! I mean, so much happened in that fight. I can't even recall all of it. It was just absolutely insane. Um, firstly, I think we can say that Mangia and I'm, again fights about one sixty eight. When mm-hmm. when when he was given when the MC was reading out the you know the names that before the fight and, uh, and mentioned the title on the line, I says. Super middleweight. So yeah. When did they move up there? And I went away and checked his box right. This mm-hmm. is his first fight at 68. Can't believe that either. He didn't stay at 60 for too long. Um, as we mentioned before, he got runs due at 54. So he's, he's catching up with him. But I think his level got a wee bit exposed there last night. That was probably the, the worst version of Devlinchenko with, uh, you know, in terms of like age and activity levels. That type of thing. And he got pretty tuned up, to, uh, to be fair. I thought Devachenko won the fight just you know, you know, by a few. Um, that last round just really kind of killed it, I think, in that. And they, you then put the, you, you kind of take it in your own hands and putting it into the judges' hands again in that. Um, I think he was tuning them up. He was getting them uh, in close with the right hand when he was showing three, four punches. Um, he was catching Mungia with every shot that he was practically throwing. Um Going forward, I think I think Janabek, uh, Alma Canuli, and Charlo would, would absolutely clean um, Mungia out. I really do think that, but it would, it would be a, a tough fight for everybody. Um, that those two are definitely punchers. I still want to see them uh, in some more big fights, at least. You know, who, who doesn't want to see them in big fights if that's the kind of you know, performance he's going to put in there? But um, I'd like to see a rematch. I, th- I think Devachenko at least won clearly, clearly won seven rounds of that fight, clearly. Um, Backing him up constantly, really tuning him up. Again, that 12 pounds was, was, was massive for Mungia just to kind of like turn the tide a wee bit. It was, wasn't it? It was, and he really did think he was going to get the stoppage at one point, and he got it out Devonchenko. Fair play to him as well. But Devonchenko, the body type never seems to change. He keps moving up in weight, and he always looks the same. I know. He ended up a cruiserweight eventually. You know, you know, again, both guys showed great heart, great chin, but. There's zero improvement, at least I think, anyway, what I've seen from Mungia, and it's, he's just not good enough, I don't think, to hang with the, the better guys, his defence. Do you know who Devin really... Ch- sorry Andy, to interrupt you, do you know who Devin Chenko reminds me of a bit? He's a bit like a Yaki Lopez, do you remember him from the Aye. Conte Mohamed era? He gives everyone an absolute stinger of a fight, but Aye. he can just never seem to get over the line for whatever reason. The Oscar Bonavino of Supermodel, <laughs> yeah. basically. Yeah. You know, hard bastard, 
good good puncher. Again, mate, he, is, he's, he's, he, he must be thinking to himself, what the fuck have I got to do? You know, I, 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 would, I wouldn't say, I'm not going to go doing the robbery lines. I, I think he won the fight, but I just think that 12th round, you, you're 10-8, you know, you're just running the risk, really. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? I just think, based off it, okay, he won the fight, but Munguia, who obviously who, who got the decision, his defence is rotten. See, the amount of shots he was taking was incredible. You know, there's only so long you're going to be able to take those shots. He's zero head movement, mate, either. He holds his feet too long. You know, the movement, the head movement and the body movement just doesn't exist whatsoever, I don't think. Doesn't seem to have have a proper jab. You know, he's got, he's got zero chance against the likes of Benavidez. We need to see Charlo again, but you see how he, you know, how he is left after the long layoff and the mental health issues, that type of thing. But I still think he's got no chance against Charlo. Um... Who's got, as I say, he's got a great job in that as well. And with that right hand coming over the top aye, of the time, Charlo would hurt him, I think. You know, obviously, we're mentioning Devonshire going running for day life in round 12. I just think he's got to be feel, he's got to feel it himself. What have I got to do? I gave Golovkin a hard a hard push, didn't get a decision. Okay, fair enough. He gives Diane Jacobs a hard fight, pushes them all the way, doesn't get a decision. You think he's winning this fight, pushes them all the way, he's beating the fucking shit out of him, and he still doesn't get the, the decision. So, I think Manx is going to be kind of going a wee bit over the top there last night, possibly, but guys with better skills. And we, we, we saw with Devichenko, he's maybe not the most skilled fighter, but he showed when he put his punches together and that what he could do to Munguia. Someone better skilled than, than Devichenko would absolutely light Munguia up with Christmas tree. So uh, it's, it's marked time, shall we say, for Munguia. But it was a hell of a fight, mate. That round five alone, is, for me, is round of the year so far. Great fight. Great, great eyes. wasn't he? Oh, it was tremendous, man. You know, it was, I think uh, Demichenko caught Munguia with a massive left hook oh. and how the fuck he stood in his He showed some up. balls, i tell you what, and he had a lot of time to try and get through that round as well. He I did. thought he showed a lot he of He did, but that, le- that left hook landed right on his hourglass, mate. The spray was everywhere and he ate it. Okay, he was backing up, stayed in the fight, fair play, got it out, great chin, great heart and that, but you kind of keep picking up performances like that, mate, and expecting it to last forever. Yeah. Uh, the chin will only hold up so far, and uh, once he goes up to the, the bigger dudes, the bigger hitters, it's going to be it's going to be curtains like. But it should be fun along the way, shall we say? Because one thing about me, you kind of knock him for this at least. That he's he's been active. He was an active champion at fifty four. Okay, it was in a great reign, but at least he was active, and he still seems to be kind of active. Got up uh, up through the last few fights and that as well. So he ticks um, boxes. He's active. In the ring, he, he, he turns up, he's well. always exciting. The level of opposition is not great. As I said, the crowd brings a real energy. And I know that's some people might say, oh, I don't give a shit about that. But just listening at home, it kind of brings you into the fight. Like the, the crowd really do sound class. So he, he definitely ticks boxes. These are things we want to see. He just needs to fight somebody half decent, though. Well, I mean, I mean, Dovachenko obviously is half decent, but Aye. I don't think there'd be in any rush to put he's, him in against he's anyone. He's seen better days at that point, mate, to be fair, Dovachenko. And he'd, he'd obviously he had the wee layoff and that as well. As well, and just the fact is that Mangia is coming up to sixty to sixty-eight in mm. rapid succession. I think what, how many fights has he had at sixty? Like one, two, possibly. Maybe in the last six months, now he's up at sixty-eight. Maybe, maybe this is him now fully grown out. Mm. Now is he twenty-five, twenty-six? One, two, three, four, five, six. The kill rank Kelly one was over the weight, so six really. Fifty at fifty-four. At 60, sorry. At 60, sorry, right. Yeah. So then yeah, he's, yeah. Well, that's been over, what, a year, two years? Mm, from 20, early 20 against Spike O'Sullivan. So, yeah, a couple of years, yeah. 
Ah, so you got the COVID era and that as well. So maybe it's delayed him a wee bit. But he has been semi-active and that. I just mm. find that maybe he's just maybe he's just got to that point now. He's just fully grown out as a man now. That, that's him now. The Liam Smith win has aged quite well, I think. Who? Le- the win over Liam Smith has aged quite well. Well, aye, and obviously as well as you mean, you talk about that. I mean, what does what does the the Cambosis win over Lopez now do for him after last night's performance as well? You know, all kids for Cambosis. Ways, aye. Not very much, because I don't think he's ever going to be able to capitalise on it again. I think everything True, just came it, together that night for him. It, 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 probably, it, probably, it probably picks it up a wee notch as well, yes. considering, how, considering yeah. how good Lopez looked. Now you see, well, maybe Hansi's his win a wee bit as well. You Got know? him two big paydays against Hainem, and the second one was yep. criminal that we had to sit through that again. I know, set him up for life and that. Now he's going to go and you know, battle lawsuits as a result. <laughs> Poor bastard. <laughs> Aye, absolutely. A couple of things. If you fancy any written content, I've got a Substack going on, swboxing.substack.com, swboxing.substack.com. Every Friday morning, we drop a little uh, article. This week will be the Lopez-Taylor fallout. Last week, we spoke a bit about Jack Johnson, actually. And talking of next week, uh, Johnny says, are the rumours true that Chukwu is guest hosting next week? Well, not quite. In fact, there is no show next week. Uh, unfortunately, I'm away, Matty's away, and uh, there's a few things going on, so we're not able to put anything for you. It's not very often we would take uh, a week off during the year. In fact, it's absolutely unheard of most of the time, but we're not able to get anybody in next week from the panel, unfortunately. So no show next week. We probably will, we might do, do a midweek madness at some point after the 20th, 21st, 22nd, something like that, to catch up on the, uh, maybe do an hour or something just to see uh, Tim's you or whatever else is going on next week. We may or may not do that. But either way, we'll be back the following week for episode 528 on the, let me see, 18th, 25th, I think it'll be by then. So no show next week. So don't be tweeting me because I don't use Twitter anymore or asking me about whatnot. Uh, we seem to have a question come in here somewhere. Is this the one you're referring to, Andy? Aye. Would you pick Mungia to beat Triple G? Do you remember a while back they tried to... It was a bit of clout chasing, really. I don't think they ever had any intention of making that fight. They just wanted to hook the name onto Triple G. And I'll tell you what, it actually worked because we're still mentioning it today, five years well, later. Well, But did the sanctioning body no, no refuse to sanction it? Yeah, the, the Nevada State Athletic Commission would not sanction him. And I think uh, they knew that. But they pushed for the fight anyway, knowing there was no chance of it happening. And like I said, five years later, we're still discussing that fight. So I think that the bit of clout chasing, the bit of hooking him onto Triple G's name was, was a good move by Mungia's team. Yeah, and here we are, what, five years later, and it's a take Games is asking the question, would you pick him now to beat Triple G, considering how we've seen Triple G fight the last couple of fights, Marata and the, is it Canelo? So, I don't know really, who do you fancy at this point? Mm, I don't know, it depends. Triple G semi-retired for me really, and he looked really listless against Canelo, though Canelo didn't look any great shakes either. Apart from his jab, he looked a bit gun-shy, like he can't let the right hand go, but mm-hmm. he'd fancy his power to still be the equaliser, but Mungia showing a decent beard. He can work pretty hard. I say it'd be a pretty tight fight, but I'd probably still go with Triple G, to be honest. Yeah, I probably need to say the same. You just think that Triple G still mm-hmm. could still maybe pull the trigger on, on I don't know one if big even shot. Fight. I don't think Triple G will fight again, to be honest. Yeah. It's got any sense he just jack it in now. Yeah. I suppose as well, I suppose the main question is well, could Triple G actually stop him? Because considering how Monkey has been taking these shots and that. I don't think so. Be... Don't think so. No. No, I don't know. I think the way he rode out the storm against Dervinchenko so it shows he's made of sterner stuff. And this yeah. isn't the Triple G who was battering through the likes of Rubio and Dominic Wade. So I think given all those factors, I think Ch- uh, Mungia might be able to get through. Yes, there you go. I, I, I think Triple G still has enough, but again, it's just one of the fights, not me. It's just a... It's just... It's one of the nothing fights really at this point, isn't it? It's just because mm. Golovkin's... 
we all say that we say that after the Marata fight, he, he just does not the same fighter. Just looks like he looks looks bloated, looks old. Just isn't the fighter anymore. So yeah, I agree. He should probably just jack it in there as well. Retire. I think so. And Michael Thompson, in relation to no show next week, says need a nutters calling instead. Well, actually, I did approach Danny Young, the new head of the nutters calling, and he was well up for doing that, but. He's actually on holiday as well this weekend. So we, we have tried to exhaust every avenue that we can, Andy. We have, mate. We have. Even I couldn't step into the hot seat because I'd just be here myself. So Ozzy's away playing cricket, I think. And, uh, oh, he's cricketing. Aye. Uh, so uh, yeah, I don't know what Rob's doing these days, actually. He's, he just turns up when he feels like it. Aye. We'll get, we'll get there eventually. Following week, we'll be back. Or maybe for midweek madness, we'll, we'll do our best to get through for you. Uh, on the Mungia undercard, uh, Ricardo Sandoval, pretty tight fight. Tell you what, I'll give Golden Boy the shout out, man. I don't know who half of these undercard fighters are, sort of at 115 and below, but the matchmaker, I know they got rid of Roberto Diaz, but they seem to be matching, they always match them really, really well. Sandoval again against this Rocco Santamoro, who's 22 and 2 now. Uh, from California, really gave it a good effort and pushed the fight very close, apart from on Lou Moret's scorecard, but he needs to be put out to pasture. Uh, Shane Mosley Jr., again, a seventh round knockout over Demetrius Ballard as well, and I didn't see any of the rest of it. Did you manage to catch any of that undercard, Andy, or did you give it a skip? I gave it a skip, mate. I just didn't have the time of day, but I have seen that Sandoval fight before. Obviously, fought G. Harris in the UK, dominated him, beat him up, broke his, basically broke him in half with body mm-hmm. shots. Um, got outboxed slightly. It was a kind of competitive fight against Jimenez. Um, so he is he was obviously back on the spin here, but he's he's a decent enough fighter, mate. He's he's a, he's a decent enough body puncher, decent power. Um, I suppose just considering if he just get the right again, another one just needs the circumstances to be right from politically, and he would he'd probably pick up a title. But you've got like said Rodriguez and Edwards and Martinez as like the, the three main champions. I don't really factor in Dalakan because he doesn't he's not active enough. So. I think he would lose to all three of those guys, but I think he'd, he would give a, a war against Martinez, I would think. Uh, I think Rodriguez and Edwards would pick him apart, possibly. Um, but it would be it would be interesting fights nonetheless, actually, because, uh, as I say, Sandoval does bring that power. Um, Shane Mosley, to be fair, I haven't really kind of caught on to his career much, to be fair, mate. I haven't really watched him since maybe the early part of his career and that, so I don't know how how, he, how he's looking these days. Um, I know he got a majority decision loss against Quigley, and I think he had a, was it a win over... Oh, was it the gatekeeper? I think it was. So I've no idea how his performances were in those fights. Not, but but he's but he's what his end game is. If he's going to get a title fight of some sort, I think he will. You know, he's decent so. enough fighter at a certain level, and Golden Boy has stuck with him. I mean, he's never going to be his dad, but I mean, his dad was an exceptional fighter. So there's no there's no sort of knock on that. But I know he's a, he's be, he's a sort of delved into the world of BKB in the past, and he got caught for the Peds as well. So he's followed in the old it? man's footsteps, and he's been a pro for nearly ten years now. Tell you what, ah, man, time just flies, like, doesn't it? Fucking old, mate. I'm That's telling sick. you right now. I mean, I was lo- I was looking at some things yesterday, actually. I was like, fucking hell, that long ago. Seen- He's been a pro for nearly 10 years. I remember watching his dad when he'd had about 15 fights. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember his dad getting, I can remember his dad getting the, oh, he's got a strong chin, and then he, get, he almost gets dropped off Fenner and Forest in the first minute oh. of the first round. Even before, That's I remember his lightweight name when he was fighting the Lexus Shine. And Adrian it, Stone, man, in 2000. Raul Marquez and that as well, possibly. Oh, been, oh Christ, man, we are all getting anything about those fights. <laughs> but I actually see Shane Mosley, he's ranked 10th with the BA and that, so, uh, and 13th with the BC, so. Still got a wee bit to do, I would imagine, if he's going to get a title fight. And uh, none, of the, none of the champs up there is, uh, belong with Golden Boy as well. So, 
can be a wee while before I think he gets into, into title contention, possibly. Mm-hmm. Michael Thompson's getting ready to invade Stamina for sale next week. Um, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll get up punches from the past, uh, from the archive that nobody's heard apart from the Patreons, and I'll put that up at 8 o'clock next Sunday evening. I might even put up two if I'm feeling generous and I've got enough time. So I can't say fairer than that, Andy. I'll schedule a couple of punches from the past from 8 o'clock next Sunday <coughs> evening. Pay-per-view, mate. Pay-per-view. <laughs> we'll give them a little taster of what it's like <laughs> for me and you sitting talking between ourselves like right now. <laughs> like, I, you know, it's, it's, no, no everybody can do this, mate, sit and talk amongst themselves for fucking an hour and ten minutes, you know. <laughs> Uh, luckily, we're primed in talking shite. Uh, talking of shite, uh, AB got a win oh. on Friday evening on this donking card against Bill Hutchinson. Hutchinson, to be fair, he took his licks. There were some people in the crowd who were really enjoying the fight, and you could tell that, 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 that there was an old guy, and I was watching him, and he had like sort of grey shock hair, and he was in awe of Adrian Broner. You could tell he was the kind of person who loves boxing, maybe remembers the Hagler Hearns era, and he's watching this thinking, oh, this Adrian Broner, he's a hell of a fighter. He's like a Floyd May where the kind of fighter was like completely off with the, the the whole climate of boxing. But Bill Hutchinson fought his heart out. I watched the first round and AB was putting it on him, smashing him around. And I thought to myself, oh, flip me, AB's going to get rid of me. I might as well just watch this. And all of a sudden, we got to round eight and I thought, what am I doing with my life? It's Saturday morning, <laughs> early on Saturday morning. And AB is in round eight against this Hutchinson. And then, alas, he went the full distance. I think he lost a round on a couple of the cards. Didn't even look like AB. He's had a bit of Botox or something. He didn't look like him in the face, maybe. I suppose all the pussy and the cocaine and the drinking beers catches up on you eventually. Did you see this absolutely horrific spectacle, Andrew? Mate, I was the same as you. I watched the first round and it was probably the most active I've seen AB yeah. in the, about the last five years, man. And the, the punches they put together, I mean, it's like, what the fuck's he doing here? And then it just sort of kind of dies on its arse. And after about five rounds, I switched it off. It was just shit, mate. No fault in it, over 30 months or something, whatever, whatever it was, but it's, it was just horrible. Um, just, I mean, the guy was hand-picked for him, wasn't it? Mm. You know, it wasn't even a legit opponent, didn't have any power. Hasn't he really got a career? Well, he's got a, he's got a career outside the box, obviously, but fuck me, man. You know, you'd be absolutely sh- daft. I was going to say stupid, but I'm going to say that. You'd be absolutely fucking daft to sit and watch... That entire fight from start to finish, man. <laughs> Fuck me. If you've seen AB fight before, man, you then you just imagine the absolute wash version you can find and this this is what you've got. What the fuck was that? And then he's getting all his pish at the end of the fight. Anybody can get it, you know what I'm saying? And got that for Bell you the week, yeah. Which we'll leave this now then. But you know, <laughs> when you when, when you're able to shock Ray Man Cena and leave him speechless and that then uh, you you know there's something fucking fucking far wrong. Uh, hopefully he gets paid actually. Uh, because Don King can be a wee bit kind of late with the checks, possibly. You know, if I know what happened to Diane Dubois, having to get his money. But um, I think uh, I think Hutchison maybe landed a few right hands, possibly as well. Uh, but you're, you're right about what he said about him, mate. He, he looks old, the cocaine, the pussy. He looked like he was fucking fifty year old. He's got that. He had that beard at the way end. It looked like it was grey, mate. He absolutely looked calm, poly. You know, AB absolute bollocks. He just looks absolutely. Look like Don King's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Not like Don King's grandfather, actually. <laughs> so, listen, he's nowhere near the top anyway. Obviously, he's nowhere near the top for anyway. What think, was AB... that all about? Did you see oh. that at the beginning then, women no. <laughs> singing? I don't know what AB is all about, man, but he's not going to be. The only thing he's, he's going to be on top of anytime soon is going to be a sewer rat. That's the only thing he's going to be on top of. He's not going to be on top of the boxing game. He's probably never going to be on top of the boxing game ever again. He's calling out names after the fight. Everybody apart from the actual champion's title that he called it, we just pro. Imagine what program would date him, man, at this point in his career. 
AB's got a good a good beard in every sense, like but a good chin. Fuck me, man. Even even program would test his you know, his 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 will to basically go distance in that fight, I would imagine. But he's old, he's washed. But if we're gonna keep him about, at least he can do the post fight interviews, they can talk trash and that. But um I suppose the other thing I can maybe say is a positive. Maybe there was less showboating for AB like he used to do back in the very early days. He hasn't days got the energy to showboat. Exactly, on. mate. He's not got the moves these days. The legs have gone. Well, the legs have got the legs have gone, Adam, so to speak. So, uh, I, you know, just to think to you, people used to say back in the day that you know Broner used to be where Spence and Crawford are now. You know, at one point mm. he was at the top of the sport, supposed to be, and he was, he was the next coming to Floyd Mayweather. He was headlining shows. He was he was must-see TV, so to speak. Look at him now, man. Again, another one. We're talking about Josh Taylor, how how the, over the course of five years it's went for like the, you know, the apex down, you know, down the slide. Brothers went for fucking like it's it's like a heart monitor got up and doing up and doing up and doing and then it's fucking gate crashed man it's just lit, flatlined that's what it's been like that's his career uh, these days it's totally flatlined. Thomas Newman says uh, Don King's checks A B always bouncing. Uh, he ain't going to see a penny. That's see the sugar <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea who them women are, but that's just the most donking ever thing at the beginning of the show. Oh my! I wonder if AB did, man, or would. Oh fuck's sake! I don't Jesus know. Christ! He's enjoying life. He's older, donking and AB as well. Uh, just to close up the action from the weekend on Friday evening, Ryan Farag lost a unanimous decision to Marcel Braithwaite in the Commonwealth Super Flyweight title. Dennis Hobson. Returning to the BBC for that one. Very close fight by all accounts. Conor Butler on the undercard getting a unanimous decision win for the Commonwealth Boxing Council flyweight title and the EBU European flyweight title as well. I didn't manage to catch that one. But next weekend, um, Uzbekistan's Paul Butler by way of Liverpool is going in against TBA in the Humo Arena, Tashkent, on Friday the 16th of June in Uzbekistan. Uh, Stephen Cairns as well is fighting against Michel Dufat. Great bunch of lads out there. Jan Marcos. I think, is he one of the Cubans? Yet, yeah, based in Dubai, is on that card as well. Uh, not too interested in that one, Andy, but I am more interested in this Sky card. Also on Friday evening, actually. Dropping a bit of Friday evening action. Al Siesta, Ben Shalom on Sky. Aaron McKenna going against Shaquille Thompson. Caroline Dubois on this card as well. Vidal Riley. Fraser Clark going in against Marius Vac. Uh, Roman Fury. Isaac oh. Chambers can get everyone out. And the main event is Adam Azim. 8 and 0, 6 and knockouts. The assassin. That fights off. Play. Oh. Yeah, I think Ozzy shouted at us earlier. The Zim fights off. That card's completely collapsed, mate. But I think it's still going ahead. Give me a second. I'll tell you the new who's heading. I, I that had card. no idea about that. He was supposed to be fighting Aram Fanian from yep. Ukraine. Azim's okay. pulled out, mate. Give me a second till I'll get you the details. Uh, yeah, according to AMB, I had no idea about this yet. Adam Azim is out, apparently, so there's absolutely nothing to, to write home about. Aaron McKenna, apparently, is going uh, is off it as well. Aaron McKenna and Shaq Thompson's off as well. Oh, for goodness sake, that car's just falling apart then. So it's completely just collapsed, mate, but apparently it's all going ahead. That was the last I heard, mate. So Azim's pulled out mm. next Friday. The card's collapsed. Show's Sky don't tend ahead. to pull cards, do they? So I'd say they go ahead with that. Well, they'll need to get. They'll probably need to pull on somebody for somewhere, mate. Someone on late notice because I've just pulled up the card here. Actually, if those, I mean, that, that, that's your two top. That's your two top. Main, Fraser uh, Clark, wasn't it? Headlining, and then they probably have Caroline Dubois. They're going to have to up that, mate. They can't have an eight rounder as a main event. Sure, they're going to have that no. to ten possibly, but they're not. Yeah, and Caroline Dubois eight is is eight twos. Possibly, maybe. In, 
Isaac Chamberlain, who remember his fight got pulled off the was it the Billum Smith card? So that's him mm-hmm. getting re you know reslotted. Out. These guys are wanting to get paid, and if they're going to get pushed on the next card, that mate. Yeah, it's not good, is it? But yeah, Michael Thompson says they don't have backup opponents. I'd say if it was, if sorry, Azim's opponent had pulled out, they would have done. But the fact Azim himself has pulled out, then Fanoia uh, not turn up. So, so although I the McKenna have... Thompson, you would have thought they might have had a backup opponent. I know. I don't uh, know yeah, what's happened that fight, mate. Can Des says about Isaac Chamberlain. Sorry, yeah. Uh, Isaac Chamberlain needs a decent fight. I would have liked to have seen him in a better. Maybe he'll get pushed up higher in the card. If you had Chamberlain, Dubois, and then Clark, as you say, Clark, it'd be tough to headline with an eight-rounder. I don't know what they're going to do, but they'll not pull it. I can't see them pulling the card, to be honest. Sky oh. never never do that. I just wonder, does anybody know why the Aaron McKenna fight's been, been pulled? Anybody in the chat mm-hmm. can let us know? Because I, 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 I got noted that just about a couple of years ago, but I never actually followed up to find out what happened. But Fraser Clark whack fight has got to go up to ten rounder. It has to. Yeah, that's yeah. You, the, the card's littered with eight, six, and four rounders. It's just isn't going to be enough. And unless Sky kind of like, I don't know if they would drop their duration. Possibly, I don't know if like they've got a set time frame. They've got to work and they've got to do that two hours, so to speak. They just need to kind of turn the fights out. But I, I, I tell you what they should do actually. And this is maybe maybe late notice now actually, but you see what they're doing some of these Italian cards and the German cards and that. They actually have like on the undercard that your amateur fights before the pro fights get started. So have a, like a pro am event, maybe get. Some ah, you can't do that though, can you? Isn't this something to do with the licenses? Ah, no, because yeah, you can't do it in the UK. The, the British board won't let you because the the BUI, the Irish board do. Because I know I've been to quite a few shows like in Dublin or Limerick in the past, and they've had amateur stuff. First of all, a whole big amateur program, like you said, it fills it out really nicely, especially when the top Irish amateurs are involved. Like it's right. a really good standard, and then they would have the main event after, or even. It's, they've had Katie Taylor mixed in before and Ray Moylet in the middle of pro cards, but as you say, the British Boxing Board don't don't let them mix. The one yeah, do. Different, I think it's different licenses that they're doing, but yeah. it's a. It's, I, I, I think I'm right. You say I don't, I don't know if I'm right. I've seen, but the amateurs can't. I'll leave that one at the side anyway. But uh, it's just it would be ideal, wouldn't it? You know, just to kind of flesh at the card for situations like that. You could pull in some high rated amateurs, maybe have them fight a local rival or whatever, and that just. Just thinking out loud, really, you're gonna save the card, maybe beef it up a bit because that's mm-hmm. not gonna. I mean, that's no move the needle for it. I mean, I wouldn't even watch it if it was given to me free, but I'm like, I'm gonna watch that card next week. You're fucking kidding me. No, Michael Thompson says Clark versus Dubois, absolutely. Fraser Clark against Caroline Dubois, Andy, that would get the, <laughs> the blood pumping. But heavyweight against lightweight, against the female lightweight, yeah. Yeah, oh, well. Oh, I'm all about diversity these days and inclusivity, so absolutely we can get on board with that. I one. mean, what you, what you could do is, I mean, you see, you've got right, you know, Chamberlain and Roman Fury on the card, right? They're cruiserweights, so you could have the two fights as like a round robin and have mm. the winners fight off each other, so to speak, in a kind of tournament fight. Maybe, uh, I don't know, area title fucking fight of some sort, you know. But... Who knows? Who knows? Uh, on to Saturday evening, yeah, Captain Casual, Mick Hennessy, I think. Um... Is McKenna is a McKennessy fighter, so yeah, he's helping him out at the moment, keeping things going over there. Anyway, Saturday evening on the zone, the Louisiana Boxing and Wrestling Commission, uh, Eddie Hearn matching boxing in New Orleans, Regis Progre going in for the vacant WBC World Super Lightweight title against Danielito Zoria, uh, 29 years of age. His only loss was a couple of fights back to Arnold Barboza Jr., which is a bit of a red flag. You expect Progre to be able to get to get the business done in this one. And possibly by stoppage on the undercard, Shakram Giasov, 13 and 0, nine knockouts, the Wonder Boy, based in Brooklyn, originally from Uzbekistan. They've seen him in the past against the likes of Emmanuel Taylor, Patrick Moreno. Decent fighter on the way up. He's in against Harold Calderon. I've never heard of him before. He's 35 from Florida. 
He looks about 15. He's 27-0 and with 18 knockouts. Hasn't really fought anybody of any great note, but he has a really impressive record on paper. Ramla Ali's on the undercard as well. Uh, Virginia Fuchs and nobody else, really. It's all about the main event, Andy. Regis Progre. I don't want to overlook fights and give Zaria any disrespect, but the fact he lost on points to Barboza, who's a very good fighter, actually a very solid fighter, Arnold Barboza. The fact he lost to him, and I would say Progre is better than Barboza. Mm-hmm. You'd expect Progre to get the job done, get in there, maybe stop him in about the ninth or tenth round and move on to look for those unifications. No more pissing about from Progre. No more signing contracts with 55 different promoters. Get under Eddie, if that's what you're going to do. Win that title next week by knockout and move on to the unifications. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think he do. I actually think he'll do it earlier. Actually, with the Storello guy, he I had watched a, a part of some of his fights during the week, and he's, he's got this awkward kind of gangly stance. Now he kind of like dips his knees a bit too much. Now as well, maybe kind of fight to the size of his opponent if they're too mm. small for him. Um, he has got very very long arms, but I think he's he's wide open in the middle, and I think uh, if it does seem he's not overly aggressive, but he does come forward. And I think that plays right into Progress' hands, who is. A very, very good boxer. He's got very heavy hands and that, and I expect him to do it early. It's, 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 a, it's a kind of fight that probably a typical Eddie fight when he signs, signs a new fighter. He gets him on the card and he gets him in, in my opponent. It's such a kind of such an easy fight, but you know what I mean? It's a, yeah. it's a looking good, you know. In his favour, kind of. Aye, welcome, welcome at the show type <laughs> thing. And that. I mean, I don't even think that, I need to go and check, but I don't even think that guy was even ranked, to be fair. So, yeah, unless he's been ranked by a phone call in the last week or so, whether or not. Maybe the rankings are, up, are not up to date yet, but uh, it's an interesting one. But, yeah, I, th- I think Progre does the guy and do it probably within six rounds and that, unless, again, unless the guy springs a better performance than what we imagine that. But I haven't really been overly impressed with the guy. I don't think he fo- throws the right hand very well. And he's got a decent enough jab, but he's... He can follow you about the ring in, in, in straight lines, and his 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 legs. How can I put it? Actually, he looks like he's got rickets. Do me a favour. Go and anybody listening to this, just go to YouTube and Google the fight that I was watching: Zarello against uh, Julio Perez. It was on Golden Boy uh, Promotions' his YouTube channel. And look at his knees uh, when he, when he's when he's uh, fighting that guy. I think he's kind of come down to the guy. He's kind of like height, but he's got. Yeah. Also, he's got. He's got. I watched that fight too. He's yeah, he, he's very much leans down, and I thought he looked very slow, and he leans over. Now that was early on in his career, so he might have improved since then. I think it was only a six or a four. Aye. But I thought the way he threw that left, the right hand, he really leaves himself in, and that'll be meat and drink to Progre when he leaves over his his front yep. foot there the way he does. Progre will just smash him with the left hand every De- time. Definitely about cooking bent legs here about him, like I'm telling you. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Well. Good luck to them, boys. Uh, Giasov on the undercard, Andy. One of these Uzbeks oh. is on the way up. Um, Don't know about him, remember to be fair, mate. Who have, I, who have I seen him fight before? Dallas Perez, mate. I think he'd been washed with Manuel Taylor. Uh, I think Broner possibly fought him back in the day. But he gave, did. He had to a fight with Taylor, actually. Uh, he gave... He gave, he gave yeah. uh, t- t- was that Broner's first fight back after he lost to Maidana? I think it might have been, you know. It might have been, mate. It was one of those. I could have been. It could have been actually. But uh, I'm just trying. I'm just looking at this guy's record just now. And that mate again. Another one's not really picked it up. Remember, we're saying the Uzbeks have come in. They've kind of no really have they? They've kind of like all kind of like fallen away by the side. Um, you know, as, as a good amateur as what he was, his his, his pro career hasn't really kind of taken off. He's you know in the last couple of years he's fought that like Winston Campos. I remember Josh Taylor fought him back when Josh Taylor was coming up through the ranks and that right, destroyed yeah. him in a few rounds. Dallas Perez Nash smashed him in the round. Perez had seen better days. He was washed at the weight. I think Crawler smashed him up, possibly. Yeah, he did. Twice. 
once I no sorry it was a rematch sorry smashed him up and just hasn't really kind of you know pushed forward. Um, so and again like you I don't know anything about this Calderon guy as well. So looking at his record again he's not really kind of he's kind of feeding on the, the journeyman status fighters and that as well. So again it could be one of these how it goes on the night. But I, I think guys have probably wins on points to be fair mate. To be fair. And I'm not based on anything but both undefeated and I, I think that Calderon record. Basically, scanning at the minute, it's it's pretty paddy to be fair. Like it is pretty paddy stuff there, but that is the main action of the weekend. Although we are going down under, so to speak. Tim Zhu, uh, fresh from his win over Tony Harrison, which was in March, ninth round TKO win, keeping busy. Actually, I like to see this against a fighter like Carlos Acampo. Not the greatest fighter in the world. He's definitely a puncher. He's been in there against good fighters. Went the distance with Sebastian Fundora. I think he went in against his, it wasn't Charlo, I think it was Errol Spence, knocked him out. It might have been a first round with the body shot knockout a few years ago. But apart from that, he's been a pretty solid guy with a, pretty, a decent punch. Uh, good win over Mikhail Zuski, who was a bit of a prospect at one point as well, fought Kavalowskis. So the fact that Hughes keeping active, but not against Tin Cans, he's fighting decent opposition like a Campo. Uh, is a good sign for me. What do you expect from Sue in this one, Andy? Maybe try and look to box behind the jab, get the right hands in, see if he can get rid of a Campo late. WBO interim super welterweight title on the line. He's not hanging around waiting for Charlo. He's taken the opportunity to keep busy. Uh, we speak, speak about inactivity in boxing at the moment, and Sue is leading the way, really. I'm impressed by his attitude. Yeah, and of course, he's, he's had that incident the last couple of weeks as well. He had, um, I think he got attacked by a dog. and he got bit by a dog, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, he said, apparently, he needed surgery for a, some sort of laceration on his right forearm. So, been, I don't know if he'll, if he'll be allowed to wear a wrap on it or anything like that, mate, to be fair, and if it's fully healed. But to be fair, I, I, I do expect him to you know, to look good. But again, you just don't know whether with, with that incident happening, if it's affected his preparation, fitness, that type of thing. No, that's why I make excuses for him or anything like that as well. Um, Campo again, just one of those. I think that guy Spence done in one round as well. So yeah, yeah. I think I think Zoo providing there's no hand problems. Maybe he had he had the issue. I think the Japanese guy he was beating the shit out of him and he hurt his hands and that. Hopefully there's no issues with him and he, he does the job early. We didn't want him getting injured. We want to see him fighting Charlo. Hopefully Charlo's what his issues are get cleared up soon as well. When we get that fight made because there is a lot to respect about a fighter who's willing to kind of like you know. No sit on his, his his world ranking and, and you know, wait for his time. We've had we've had slight complaints, obviously. Maybe like Jack Cattrall, for example, he kind of sat on the WBO mandatory position for many a many a month. It felt like and uh, t- before he got his chance, so and he wasn't really active as such as well. So Zoo seems to be active, is, uh, which uh, which is always a good sign. I just hope he does to pick up any any major cuts or injuries. And that uh, it maybe throws a spanner in the works for the Charlo fight, which. Have they even mentioned a potential date for it happening? No, Charlo injured his hand. It'd be just like boxing, wouldn't it? That you would um, sort of get cut, and it would be like he'd be like almost punished for for his activity, oh. and then Charlo will come back, and the belts will get split. We never get that opportunity, that chance. I don't want to see that chance slipping away because Sue's got a, the right attitude, and yeah, hopefully he doesn't get injured. But Charlo, uh, as for him, he's shown that he's a tough enough bastard. He will fight people. He will, you know, he has unified the division, but it was a busted hand or something the last time so hopefully they'll just get that fight made because they both signed on the dotted line originally and the fact he's took on Harrison and now Campo shows that he's definitely willing to fight decent fighters so yeah I'm hoping they can revisit that one Andy. Aye I mean it's a, it's a tough it's a tougher opponent he could have obviously got something far easier for like his neck of the woods Australia or New Zealand or whatever and that um, to be fair but 
the guy, the guy's fight will be tough enough. He'll give him a few rounds, I'd imagine, just to kind of keep him active. But uh, I think ultimately he'll, he'll wear him down. I think he'll probably stop him around about the seventh or eighth. Uh, again, depending if everything's okay in terms of his preparation going into the fight as well. Mm-hmm. Shout out to DJ Keith. He has joined us in the chat uh, since we last did the roll call. You're very welcome, sir. Good to see you in there. Jason Chukwu as well has joined us since the last time. Who else have we got? Any other new names? MB still there. Captain Casual. Johnny as well. Um, on the undercard, I noticed there's a guy, Hassam Hamdan, 5-0 with one knockout. So I remember there was a Nadir Hamdan back in the day, the Lionheart from Sydney. This guy's also from Sydney, so I don't know if it's his son or his brother or something. So a good luck to him. Decent little scrap as well in the support boat, Andy. I know you might not have looked at the roster, so I don't really catch this one, you know, leap on you with this one, but it sounds good on paper. Sam Goodman, 14-0 with seven knockouts. He's 24 years of age in his last fight, which was on the Harrison, um, mm-hmm. which was on the Harrison Dew undercard. So keeping very active was a unanimous 12, a 10 man decision, best win of his career against TJ Dehaney. He's stepping up in a title eliminator, I think it is. It's over 12 rounds against Royce Alim, the beast. Mm-hmm. He's 32 years of age, 20 and 0, 12 knockouts, win over Mike Planier. Tough outing a few fights ago against Eduardo Baez. Before that, looked a million dollars. I thought he really impressed me against Vic Pasillas. This is a really good, solid fight between two unbeaten contenders, putting it all on the line. Aleem going out there, Goodman in front of his home crowd, vying for a shot at a world title. Loving the attitude, again, very much indicative of of Zhu's attitude in the main event of these two boys putting it on. I think Aleem probably a bit more seasoned and experienced at this this, uh, stage of the career, but Goodman clearly fancies it as well, so fair play to both the boys in this one. Yeah, and Goodman, obviously, he's got that win over T.G. Dehaney, which, yeah. okay, people say, oh, okay, it's, it's, it's a good win, but then he's got that win against uh, Richie, uh, Richie Merplanum, who I think he's been knocked out of Quadras. By the Filipino fella. Aye, Strider yeah. beat him as well, so, um, okay, it's up, it's up in weights at this point in that as well, but still a decent wee name on his record, so, yeah, it's an interesting one, actually. He might even steal the steal the, the card, you just never know. But, yeah, I fancy a lean possibly to win that. I'll, I'll say on points, actually. Um, he's a slick enough boxer. Um, and Goodman, I've only seen a, hand, a handful of footage of him, to be fair, that, but I would say a lean possibly is going to be, he has to be right in here as the favourite. Yeah, tough to get footage of Goodman. I was looking at it between, before the Dehaney fight. There's quite a few interviews with him and there's a bit of amateur footage, but as for pro footage, it's, it's like rocking all shite, man. You can't really find too much too much of it. So that, this is likely to be, what, early morning for us, I would imagine, on Sunday? Um, I don't know. I've lost all track of time <laughs> when it comes to Australia. I have no Australia, idea because 20... the thing was with the Cambosos Haney fight, it wasn't a true representation of the time, was it? Because they moved it for America, you know, to fit in uh, America. Moved it for so... American TV yeah. time, aye. Aye, not, but not sure about this, this is on. This is apparently on Showtime as well. Like, oh, of course, we'll be on Showtime because they're trying to try to showcase Tim Zoo, so they might try and date for primetime American. Might well is, do. Might well do. Yeah. I've, I've no idea what time that is now in Oz, but I imagine it'll be early morning for them earlier, yeah. possibly. We'll wait and see. Anyway, yeah, I find we've got some we've got some Aussie listeners on here to let us know what time yeah. UK time that's due to start on Sunday. Let us know. Um, we'll we'll get it at some point by certain means. Drizzy says, Tio showed up. Drizzy showed up as well. Shout out to you. He says, Taylor turned into a cook who wouldn't drop the counter left. I think he was afraid. Drizzy of the counter right from Lopez coming his way. Great job from Lopez in the main event. We'll get Rapping Roll Kelly's thoughts as and when he turns up. But in the meantime, it's half nine on this Sunday evening. Episode 527. Me and Andy are here. We've done our best so far, but we're going to keep things moving with the Bellu of the Week. Starting with, as we mentioned earlier, AB was involved Ooh. post-fight. Hopefully old, uh, the old bastard himself, Don King, doesn't copyright us as he has in the past for this one. So I've done my best. 
by putting a little uh, thing over the top of it to try and keep us away from those uh, copyright merchants. Maybe me mentioning it constantly isn't going to help matters. But anyway, AB was talking to Ray Mancini in the ring at the end of the fight. If you haven't heard this yet, for the Bell You of the Week, it is uh, quite the listen. Was it everything you wanted and needed? Um, It wasn't everything I... Well, it was everything I wanted, but it wasn't everything I needed. Right now, I need some pussy. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right, before we get to that, who do you want next in the ring? TMI. Hey, man, listen, man. This is my first time on Don King pay-per-view, so I got to get it to y'all. Anybody can get it. Africans, Americans, Dominicans. No disrespect to no law firm out there, but attorney just got it. Anybody can get it. Is there nobody special that you like to want that you're asking for or looking for? Anyone with the title? Anybody with the title? Uh, I see. Uh, uh, what's his name? R Romello, Retardo. Uh, what's his name? Oh. Roly. Oh, Roly. Oh, Shit. Um, I like the winner of Tia Fimo and Josh Taylor and whoever whoever else got the belt. I want all the belts. I don't just want a Louis belt, a Gucci belt. I want the WBA belt and WBO belt, WBC belt and IBF belt too. Don, what do you have in mind for our young man, Adrian Broner? What's, what do you have in mind? What's next from? Well, you know, right now, you know, there's this guy named Oscar De La Hoya. You know, he sent out a waiver and he wants to meet with us. We're going to talk about it. Now, nah, let him know. If he want to come over here, we got a fish net point. Okay, we got whatever, whatever he say. That's whatever he say, because we're the problem here, man. Hey, Oscar, you heard what he said. You know what I mean? Come over here, get that fish net, and I'm going to kick whoever I asked you to put in the ring with me. All righty. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever <laughs> King brought up Oscar at first, I thought he's probably too far gone, King, that he's probably talking about Oscar fighting Broner <laughs> rather than one of his fighters. Oh, man, A.B. I tell you, how bad is Ray Mancini getting over the top? Ah, oh, yeah, he hasn't said he's great for a while. Christ, man, that's that's what Mungia is going to sound like in ten years. <laughs> Fucking AB, man, what a man! I hope, hopefully, he got what he wanted there last night. But you know, it's not, it's not going to be the high class that he was dealing with. But dealing with that, that that gargoyle that he got caught with coming out of the out of the Boston Garden that time, he ended up in the hospital. Oh, yeah. Fucking AB, man. Fuck's sake. He's enjoying life. He's, he's he's getting a new lease of life. This young man, as Don King called him, you might as well have gone back 10 years there for that AB. It could have been any interview. Just imagine Jim Gray on the other end of the mic. We're not talking like that tonight, Adrian. Show a bit of class. <laughs> you're fucking, he's calling out all the different acronyms as well, man. The one thing he never shouted out was IRS. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, he'll be after him shortly as well. So oh, that the money pony. <laughs> after money for the, that tribe of wins that he's got. Up the IRS. Uh, Johnny throwing in 79p there. Shout out to Johnny Horsecock Nelson. See if he can beat that, everybody. Come on, if he can beat that 79p that Johnny Horsecock Nelson's throwing in. Des said, I said it last week, anyone that can completely take apart Gavin Reese so quickly, like AB did, can really fight. That is the thing. For all of his faults, Andy, we know he's a hood rat. He's a terrible specimen human being. If he'd have kept his weight down, kept disciplined, I know it's ifs and buts and that, but he could fight. He could punch. Sean Porter said that at the end when he knocked him down. He just was never active enough, but he could put his shots together at his prime. And, and he was a decent fighter. I suppose that's the shame. Another another bit of a lost uh, talent, old, old Abe. It's, it's the same old case, mate. It's, it's, it's the, the classic case of talent, not working hard enough. You know, you look at guys like Ricky Burns, who, hasn't even, who didn't even have fifth the talent that Bruno should have had or showed Bruno had been shown. But he had the ethic and he made so much more out of it than that as well. You know, 
Broner at one thirty was was a beast. He really was. Uh, Des was saying about Gavin Reese, for example. Gavin Reese was a top solid fighter who had come back after being world champ. I think he was no European champ at that time, possibly. Uh, mm, he, he won the WBA against Solomon and Boy, didn't he? Then he ah, but he was away for a while. Boy Kotelnik, yeah, he come back and won the European. I'm pretty he was sure. up at one forty for that WBA title win, I think mm-hmm. it was, and he mm-hmm. he'd retired for a wee bit, and he come back and won the prize right. fighter, I think, and then I yeah. think he might win the European title. I might be wrong, but he come back with a couple of decent ones anyway. Got the Broner fight, and he just got bounced about the place. That was probably peak Broner at that point in terms of skills and he's he's he, you know, Killer instinct. Yeah. Look at the DeMarco fight, Andy. Antonio DeMarco was no mug and he had some good wins afterwards and Broner absolutely beat the shit out of him. Just I pinged them all about the place, mate. That, you know, when when Broner could could uh, pull that right punch counter on that man, he was it was it was it was rapid, he could get some pace on it, but again it was just like everything else. He was he was living the lifestyle, like Floyd was living, but he wasn't doing the work that Floyd was doing. He was eating the Mars bars, yes. Kentucky fried chickens, yeah. that just wasn't putting the same effort into trying to take doing off. the superficial work, but not the yep. work that Floyd was doing behind the scenes. Exactly. Floyd was a was a was a gym rat. When if Floyd was in the club, Floyd ran him from the club. Whereas Bruno was in the club and Bruno was in the club getting pissed. Yeah. Whereas Floyd was in there having a good time, no drinking. No drugs that we that we know of, and then he's away jogging home with his team and that type of thing. That is the lifestyle. Bro just did. Bro just loved that. Loved the lifestyle in terms of like what it brought. He mentioned it, pussy and alcohol and everything else. Mm-hmm. It was his downfall, wasn't it? Yep. Fucking fantastic. Downed many a great man, and uh, we did. Me and Andy did a punches from the past with. Uh, tell you what, there's one for you, Andy. I bet we put up the punches from the past. A B against Maidana next yes. Sunday evening at eight o'clock. Just, Mate- just to celebrate. As I say, see, see, last December when I was all, when I was away sick, uh, he's missed the anniversary. It was always my job to end the mention the anniversary of that <laughs> fight every December on the podcast, and uh, he's forgot all about it. So this year we should be, we should actually make it a we should make it a, a theme for this podcast. Going forward. But I agree, with you. we should put that out there. Yes, but, mate, that needs to be pay per view, surely. <laughs> we need to give it a back. Some of our best work. In return for David Palmer, there was thrown in a 10. He says, anybody can get it. Shout out to David Palmer. Has thrown in a 10-pound super chat. That swayed me, that tenner from David Palmer. We'll put up AB against Maidana. As Andy said, it should be pay-per-view. But we're a generous, altruistic bunch here over at the Asylum. So we'll we'll throw it out for you as best as we can. Right, let's get on to the uh, bits and pieces that people have thrown in. Yep, absolutely, Johnny. Not 79p super chat. A lost leader. Wow, 10 years this year Yep, I know it's crazy. The time, the time flies by. Ten years this year, says Josh Ford. Uh, Sandy Ryan, Saturday the twenty fourth of June in the Encora County Ground in Nottingham. Tickets go on sale. You know, she's singing or fighting an Argentinian or what she's doing. What's Skiddle? Well, I'm not sure to be honest. I'm past that that era. Maybe someone in chat can let us know. Yeah, it looks like it looks like you, you remember the, the the teenage uh, girls magazines with the like, yeah, like, no just, just, just uh, chat. Just that's like, what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> Three cassette tape <laughs> and a poster of um, I don't know someone from the Backstreet Boys. Aye, or, or, you, or, you get, or you get that plastic ram on the front, you get like a, a pencil case and a fucking fake watch and shit like that. That's what, that's what, that's what you're missing there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cost you about eight quid. You're like, Fuck you, eight pound. Eight pound. Just seventeen. Fucking <laughs> hell. Skiddle, shout out to Skiddle indeed. Uh, blimey, cocaine only prohibited in competition per the wider code. And if you saw this one, Andy, the Gypsy King over in Thailand, fit me, he was gurning like a bad was old Tyson Furry. Mental health crisis! Fit me, there's a crisis going on in the stands that night anyway. 
Well, I know Chris W is saying there that blimey cocaine only prohibited the competition <laughs> per the Vlada code. I wonder why I'm getting caught in Thailand by a bag of fucking uh, <laughs> bag of powder, mate. I tell you that. <laughs> fucking Jesus, it's 30 years in the jail and they don't fuck about over there. Like Tyson would be fucking forced to fight for his, uh, his freedom, possibly, you know? <laughs> like, poor everybody call him. Oh, who's, uh, who's that? I'm that ring wrong. Remember him? Oh, yes, absolutely. He'd to fight for his freedom. Yes, yes, he would. Yeah, the old prison canteen days. Uh, shout out to the Nutters meetup last week. As someone was asking for some photos of real women with the boys, and indeed I have come across some. There we are. There's the lads. There's Danny Young, Richard Graveal, MTK Enforcer, Hattam as well, loving life at the front there. Joe Burns. Who's the guy? Who's the guy with the back left behind the baldy headed guy? Uh, the baldy headed guy is Mike Thompson, and next to him, I think, is Matt Butters. So Matt Butters looks like he's ready to risk it all there by. <laughs> So Matt Butters, tell me, mate, what are you thinking there? I want to know. <laughs> I'm a swatch of the Hooters. <laughs> Fighting your way out of Hooters like Thailand, I think, at look the end at, of the night. There. Look at Danny in the back here, by the way. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> you, talk, you, talk, you talk about Fury fucking gunning. Look at Ricky, man. He's gunning. Like <laughs> <laughs> Ricky's off water for a week. <laughs> he, he's off the cycle. <laughs> Shout out to the boys. Having a great time there. Uh, talking of having a great time, anything goes with James English, Peter Fury, and his little uh, caption there, and a boxing trainer and former drug lord. Drug lord. Get, get that on the LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I didn't listen to James English, actually, to be fair. But I've seen a couple. I might actually watch it because I like Peter, but I can only imagine what's going to be. So, Peter, how did it all begin? Well, fuck. That's how he starts it with, eh? How did it all begin? Fuck me. <laughs> There's rapping Rob Kelly sliding in. They are Rob. Get this on your LinkedIn. Peter Fury, boxing trainer and former drug lord. PhD. <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got my own title going under instead of the growth, the lot, latest of all time. Finally, <laughs> finally, fucking beat me on record. I think. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. You're that late, Rob. You're gonna you're on for the start of next week's show. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, the only thing I say is that, is that is that. I am late for everything, so it's not the fucking, it's not your work, engagements, fucking people's fucking, you know, appointments, shit like that, I'm always late. Uh, shout out to uh, Rapper Rob Kelly, it's always great to have him along with us. Steve, we'll, we'll hope we get out of there in five minutes, Steve. Yeah, no, yeah, just, we'll get his views kick on back, the fight boys, shortly. Back. <laughs> rewind, rewind. Uh, we'll get his th- thoughts on the fight soon. Uh, Joe Burns on Twitter uh, tweeted, Rick Glazer, he said, have you worked with the Kinahan cartel, the US Sam Jones? And Rick Glazer says, relax, you mental midget. Fucking <laughs> 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 mental midget. Oh, he's bonkers, isn't he, Glazer? <laughs> I still don't know what he does to this day. What fights he's ever made, I couldn't tell you. Oh, mate, that's, that's a grifter. That is your world-class grifter, that one, mate. Oh, he is. You, he's fucking begging for the scraps for Uncle Dan's table. That's what he's doing. <laughs> Begging for the scraps. Didn't see this last night. I don't know if you saw the ring walks or ring, ring walks or not. A very special ring walk for Josh Taylor. The Red Hot Chili Pipers. We're uh, no. <laughs> sticking him into the ring. No, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. But Josh has said before when he hears the bagpipes in journey, gets him fired up. Well, well, it never fucking fired him up last night anyway. Anyway, so nope. I mean, he's can rethink these entrance as well uh, compared to his how he's he's waiting that. So mm-hmm. certainly the joke might be on us now. Two female <laughs> senior beforehand said. Uh, the face of boxing right now is Canelo. After June the 10th, it will be Teofimo Lopez. Not sure if this is a belly of the week now or not, Rob. You almost have forgot. <laughs> yeah. 
I almost forgot about Tio. I certainly did anyway. Fucking hell. <laughs> Stinking pick last week. That was fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, you weren't the only one. I think fucking the vast majority of boxing fans who are invested in the sport would probably all say the same thing, to be fair. Imagine he's like some kind of fucking uh, performance artist, Tio, and he's just luring everybody in with this fucking fragile mental act, and he's really like fucking Kaiser Souls at the end. He's going to walk off with all the fucking unified <laughs> titles up to fucking 47. <laughs> Joke me on me. <laughs> he is man he's like Cambosos isn't he um, doing doing his business before the Mental. art of war and all that all right. a shout out to a friend of the pod Declan Graffin aka Declan Graffin <laughs> not that I want to dip into whatsapp messages but it was funny he messaged me beforehand and he said um, every, everybody said points on the pod can't believe none of you picked Taylor stoppage Tio is going to quit a state of him today I know he's always been mad but he's all over the place way worse and then afterwards he messaged me and says I'm retiring from predictions. That's all I heard from him today. <laughs> well, there's nothing worse, mate, when you get a spectacular. He's wrong, not the like, only one, Andy. He's not the I only mean, one. I remember. I, I remember. I went in that big spiel about Lomachenko fight before Lopez, convinced that Loma was going to fucking <laughs> IQ him like up the guazoo, take him to school, primary school, high school, university, college, all within 36 minutes. And fuck me, did they turn the fucking tables on me? That I night. know he's a bastard. I thought he was going to fucking decapitate Cambosis as well, and he fucked me on that one as well. Like, exactly. When I, when I, I'm not calling any more Lopez fights. No more. I've it's a, he's getting a bit like, like like Hopkins for me. I always backed against Hopkins up until we fucking fought Kovalev. I said he's going to beat Kovalev, and he was fucking beat <laughs> off him. I was like, fuck. Uh, yes. How he, how he fucking survived that night, I don't know. How the fuck he no, got through that last Talk about yeah, yeah, Hopkins, oh man. How much is he more than Howard Eastman these days? <laughs> Did you see him? Did you see him sitting ringside there last night? Well, here's a question for you, Andy. Would he now, the way he is, give a better performance against his former self than Howard Eastman did on that night? Because <laughs> Howard was pretty terrible, man. Fucking awful fight, mate. There were some shite and fucking bad. That was a bad one, wasn't it? Days, like, they fought, how many times did they fight to? Well, the ones, eh? Yeah, that was enough, yeah. Oh, it's Mercado, I'm thinking about. It's the, it's the oh, Segundo Mercado. Yeah, well, that was, uh, it. that was the exciting Hopkins era uh, against Mercado. That's right, that's right. Eastman oh, was the... I mean, Hopkins, Hopkins was good, but he absolutely neutralised Howard Eastman that night. That was yeah. that was painful to watch. And Howard had gone five, six years waiting for that shot. I know. I think as with Hopkins, that if you if you couldn't force him into a fight, he was happy yeah. just to sit yeah. off and pick you as soon as you did. came that's in. That's what mate. he did. Hold he and was, hug and grab and jab, yeah. Just enough to pick up the points, and that was enough. Yeah. Uh, talking of holding and hugging, grabbing and jabbing, Sonny Edwards is our next nomination. He says, I want to be on Netflix. Eddie can help me. I'm not... <laughs> what? What, like as a, like have his own Netflix special? Or what's the, and what's no Eddie idea. got to do with Netflix? I'll tell you what, I'm going to shut the fuck up. I'm not saying anything about Sonny Edwards. <laughs> fuck that man. <laughs> Too much time on his hands. Go for him, man. I hope he gets there. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> well, more entertaining. Shanika Johnson. This is the got content we need, mate. There we Oops. are. Got stuck in with a painted on bra. Oh, well, Forrest. <laughs> Very nice. There's Diamante. I'm not complaining. I, mean, I don't think <laughs> you would get many. He got the tea towel and he said, but he's fucking. There's not many complaints would be getting made there, I don't think. He's telling her that that's painted onto his head as well. He's just lying all over the place. He's just fucking <laughs> blatant lies. No, it's not, mate. He's been there and says, Excuse me. Excuse me. Are those real breasts? Real breasts? Powerful legs, isn't it? Someone said the other day, I can't, remember, I can't remember who it was, Rob, but they said that Diamante's motorcycle accident came from his hair getting caught in the, in the, in the wheels. <laughs> in the spike. <laughs> oh, fucking British. Some bad Very powerful things. eggs there. Uh, <laughs> a lot of talk. Some sort of poly... Well, who was it? Was it 
was it Emmy, Ebony Bridges or something like that, or was it Ellie Scotney? She was a friend of. Well, she's fighting Scotney, wasn't she? So she probably oh, she? Right, sorry. So she's from, she's from down under. I never seen it, eh? So I just mm-hmm. I remember seeing the picture, eh? So she's big down under, apparently. We're going to that photo anyway. Well, she seems to have shaved plenty of enemies. There's no spiders like thing on the side of it. Jesus, there's uh, she's promoting her OnlyFans. This is she's taking a cue from Ebbs, yeah. Only yeah, come and talk yeah. to me on my OnlyFans if you want to talk to me directly. <laughs> the Shanika Johnson Appreciation Society on Facebook, Rob. That's fucking thriving. That is happening at the moment. <laughs> oh dear. What else have we got here? Uh, Matthew Kemp. Bellier just described Sonny Edwards as a modern day Nassim Hamid. And Dave says, lads in the crowd with matching boxing t shirts on. Well, there wasn't too many, Andy, from what I saw. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even watch that because it's dead taxes and Sonny Edwards by YGD, isn't it? Like, there's no point watching it. Like, fuck. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I checked and watched the Champions League final through, and I, when I finished, it was in round seven. I said, right, okay, I'll, I'll watch it for here. I didn't even bother attempting to watch back any of the final. Like, fuck that. Yeah, shout out to Des. He says Eastman was awesome. Shows you how good Hopkins was. Absolutely for the joking. He, for him to neutralise a fighter of Herod Eastman's ability and capability. Although Eastman was a bit lazy, wasn't he? Especially in the likes of the Joppy fight. But yeah, Hopkins mm-hmm. just completely shut him the hell down. Um, another nomination for the Westlife being on comms for DAZN. I'm sorry, DAZN is just a mute, mute central for me these days. I can't listen to them boys, Barker and that other fellow. Is it Chris Lloyd or something? Or is it Chris Chris something? Oh, the fucking. Um... The Dazone USA card was uh, the commentary was absolutely stinking. Sergio Mora was doing his best Manny Stewart impression. He just the whole fucking fight, he was telling both of them to go to the body. This guy needs to go to the body. What you do if you can't hit the chin is you punch the chest. He needs to get back down to the body. Like, will you shut up, man? We know, like, fucking relax with the fucking body. Jesus Christ, like making a stallion. Body, adi, 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 adi. Fuck me. <laughs> Steve, I've got a late entry for you here, mate. If you can get Ooh. it, I, I, I may be sending it to you actually, but uh, this is classic. A Tyrone, Tyrone, a Tyrone Booth. Oh, there you go. Aye. So you can stick that one up. I'll, I'll, I'll try and cut that one as we go be through. Safe. Be safe. Right there. Yeah, be, yeah, yeah. Absolutely being safe. Be safe with Carson Jones's head. Belly of the week for his latest loss. Not for his latest loss, sorry, for his head. He lost to Callum Walsh there over in California at the weekend, Rob. He's doing bits with, with the old head there. Carson <laughs> didn't always look. His head, is that a recent yeah, apparently Lebedev so. job kind of? Yeah, it's good for you. Maybe, yeah, it's a good one. What's like, you got a cock growing out there, man. <laughs> <laughs> all, all you need, like, really. See, all you really like need is... Looks like you'd have a crack, like, if you fell asleep at a party and you had a magic mic. Draw a line, doing it. Yeah. Aye, draw a line right doing that, man. That's fucking... That's what that is. That's a German helmet right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck's sake, Andy, man. I just want to that one that you sent. Give him... Give <laughs> gave Kel Brook a tough time, didn't he? Oh, he did, absolutely. <laughs> did the first fight he did, Carson, yeah. <laughs> GP plus. Oh, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> For fuck's sake. Swallow him, like, Jesus. <laughs> Who would fucking do that, man? He's put down, man. He's put down, doesn't he, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I feel bad putting that one up. That, that, fucking, on. <laughs> that, that slaty grey bogging skin. <laughs> she makes him look positively healthy. Anyway. 
The quote was kicking off. She said, I was looking forward to going to the Taylor Lopez fight, but I guess a world champion of my caliber is not good enough to get comp tickets like the other world champions oh, in my sport, class. top rank boxing. I'm just going to book my flight to Florida and watch the fight on TV. Ridiculous. And top rank says, hey, champ, we always love to have you at top rank events. When your team called two days ago, we were sold out on the first few floor rows. We offered your representatives other seats, which were declined. And then the quote gave a very good reason. Respectfully, I can't not sit on the floor. I'll be taking pics with fans all night. And not be able to enjoy the fight, so humble brag there for the group. Thanks for the response. I'm on board my flight now, boy. I love how she calls herself the quote. <laughs> Fucking guy, take a once she cries at women's box and doesn't get enough enough coverage, right? She wants them to spend the hard day in cash and then doesn't want to take a fucking picture of his head fans who pay the hard day in cash. After Katie Taylor, she said, Are you ready to admit that I'm the quote now? And I feel like saying Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody's talking about that. Only you. It's just fucking your conversation. Nobody gives a shit about the quote. There's not. She's it's not begging, even a discussion. Well, man. She is begging. For, I feel actually feeling. I like. I like the quote. Dog. The quote's a good fighter. If she could knock people out, she might actually um, yes. draw some fans in because she is very good. But uh, she was breaking it down anyway. After that, that she always has time for the fans. But a bit like that, myself. You don't want to be mobbed for photos when you're out. You know, I get what the quote is on about there. Like no, <laughs> sympathy with the quote from Rob there. <laughs> <laughs> IFL TV getting nomination Hashtag Edwards Campos Round oh, one yes. Campos starts fast as expected And Edwards gives him space to get his shots away Edwards starts to let his hands go though Once he's downloaded the Campos data Oh it's been all <laughs> IFL went all Mike Kriegel here <laughs> I, I fucking hate that phrase Downloaded the data Oh my god It's so fucking It's like Touchdown quarterback Overpass Download the data Fuck off <laughs> A shot in the uh, 20 meter box. <laughs> <laughs> Corner ball. <laughs> Kick ball. Oh, oh fuck's yeah. sake. What else have we got here? Oh, Danny Young sent this one in to me. As if you thought boxing couldn't go any lower. Um, here's a, a John Fisher lookalike getting stuck in over somewhere. There's Poland or Russia or somewhere. Как получится? Цель отвлекать своей сексуальностью, чтобы сбивать Гришу. А другие должны атаковать. Разозлился, не на шутку. Хитрая тактика, он что-то задумал. Как вы думаете? Как активно начала красная пить его. Кидышка. Что <laughs> the good thing about, the good thing about that clip, Steve, is Russian, so we don't get them for copyright. But, oh, uh, yes. but, but that's, that's, that's quadruple fucking bar shot, my big, man. Big John, you reckon, is going down is, as one of the fucking all time growth. Uh, ghost uh, cult heroes of fucking Betty of the Week, is he? Like, I think he's fucking, he's over, he's, he's on the way to overtaking and uh, eclipsing Father Dave because yeah. Andy fucking, Andy's. <laughs> Most favorite person in the world, Nicholas Sturgeon, got arrested today, and he treated yes! Bosch. Fucking Bosch. Love John Fisher, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, well, John Fisher's friend, the Gad, tweeted out during the week: "Account hacked." Reported to Twitter. Gad. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting out in front of something there, isn't he? <laughs> oh good. death. I'm going to go check his likes right now. I actually see me in fucking dangerous material. He's getting out of dodge in here early, the guy. He's got out ahead of something there. Somebody's received a fucking <laughs> nice DM talking about the torque in there. But he's referring Sorry. to himself as well as guard at the end of the tweet. I'm a fan of that, Rob, to be honest. Rob is a fan of that as well, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, Steve, I've got another one for you actually for the for the liking the old. Uh, if you can get these two pictures up of the gad. Yep. Throw yeah, them into the chat, and I will cut them as best as I can. In the meantime, Eddie. Nothing to do with me, mate. I don't follow a lot of what's said on Twitter and all honesty. <laughs> Eddie not aware reports that Daniel Kinahan is still involved in boxing. Nothing Even to do with Ed. me, Even Ed. Eddie tight lips over there. <laughs> Nobody saw nothing. <laughs> Eddie tight arse as well, mate. He's fucking arse with clapping there, eh? I was at a boxing news. I'd put out the... I wanted to try and get the actual quote, actually, because he actually... I think Stephen Espinosa even read it as well, so he's fucking managed to jump on. He never misses a moment to fucking... Lay, lay the boot in. Oh, he loves it. Out. He's bad as us, he is. Yeah, I know why. Espinosa's <laughs> <laughs> coming on the boxer. He Even is, man. He's like us, isn't he? He's nothing's beneath him. Peter bastards. Get a life, Espinosa. Where's the fucking tweets, man? I must have him saved oh. somewhere. Fuck. Yeah, there's the guard. <laughs> Fuck it, we got to stay at that. The fucking guard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, here it's your box. I'm, box sure, I'm sure no one will mind. This is relating to Eddie not being aware of what's getting said on Twitter, doesn't he pay attention? Box News has been told by multiple sources that he, Kinahan, bankrolled some major events in Britain during the two-year pandemic, fights that otherwise could not have possibly occurred in such a restrictive economic environment. Cha-ching! And Eddie's charged a £6 a slice of pizza in his back garden. So I, Eddie doesn't know much, though. See, see nothing, hear nothing. Speak no evil, hear no evil. No, nothing to do with Eddie. And we were doing nothing for the whole pandemic. We could have been easily bought and paid for fucking the lack vision of it. There were a great bunch of lads with the lack vision. <laughs> <laughs> we were making our fantasy fights to stop us, stop us from killing our wives. And then we fucking, you know what I mean? We were there for the taking. Missed opportunity, really. Uh, but you see that, you, you went with fight disciples. Ken went heat and hammer. What a waste of money. Remember, remember, oh, remember when they were probellum and they got titled talent. Oh, probellum, yeah. Disrupt boxing. That's the new, the new we could have been rebranding the asylum every couple of weeks. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> different name every pack. We're back again. We fucking need to. We're back with a new venture, aiming to fucking bridge lots of gaps in boxing that never been bridged before. Fuck me. Yeah, the combat Steve, coin asylum brought to you from Dubai. Yeah, yeah, combat, uh, combat asylum. Combat asylum. Yes, Steve. Here's another gad special. You can get that one, mate. Uh, you see Mark Stanton. He says the gad opened a DM from Baza and said he needs to abandon ship. <laughs> abandon ship. You need to go to a country without extradition to fucking the UK, mate. <laughs> or they could just point. get him. Just get a private jet, probably. Somewhat off someone. Epstein did, mate. Epstein died. Uh, going overboard. Um, right, what have we got here? Let's see. If we get this final one up from Andy, and then we will go on to whatever the boys have got for this week. Uh, just get rid of Mark Stanton. Uh, metaphorically, of course. You're not going to get rid of you in a kind of MTK way, away, Mark. But there's the guard <laughs> getting stuck in it. <laughs> <laughs> Class, isn't it? <laughs> is that his face like or is it a bo- like a boss in a mask or something? What the fuck is he just look at me like, at this thing? Like, I'll try I'll try to squeeze in here. <laughs> it is a bit will they want it though, isn't it? Like if you're at that vantage point, what was what would be next on your mind? You know what I mean? You know something, you know something. Uh, listen, Gary, if you listen to that, it's all, it's all a joke, mate. Then it's all, it's all about a banner. But I didn't want to be reading in 20 years' time and say to myself, I fucking knew it. I knew it. <laughs> 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 Don't do it, Gary. 
hacked, man. He was hacked. Give him a break. He was fucking hacked. It probably explains a lot, actually. <laughs> 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 it's a joke. Uh, it's a joke. <laughs> I shouldn't be telling this story, but a, a friend of mine, he always suspected you, man. Do you remember for the Really Wild show? That program that was on. You remember Terry Nutkins? Oh, yeah, he yeah, always yeah, used yeah. to go, I'm telling you, Terry Nutkins, <laughs> it's only a matter of time. <laughs> <laughs> has he been, has they got Terry yet? <laughs> I think I used to, I, I can remember, I can remember, who was it asking the question? And it was kind of like veiled, like, was it, was it, it was something along the lines, it was Billy the Week, it was Billy the Week, that's what it was. Uh, the, you can see the guy, he's, he has trying his absolute best to hide the fact that he doesn't know what it fucking means. Because he's trying to say, what does that mean? Does that mean like you're a troll or a helmet or something like that? I'm saying, you fucking know who we are. Is that, is that disrespectful to me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bellend, am I? In a sewer. I'm in a sewer. That's what it was. No, I get it. It's totally fine. Totally fine. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> brilliant, man. That's brilliant. The his best life. He is his oh. fair play to him. Like, are you two going to kiss? I'm sure no one will mind. <laughs> yeah, he's probably going in there for the motorboat. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> right, bastard. those are all the ones I've got, Andy. Any nominations from you that you haven't already sent to me? <laughs> I don't know, mate. Uh, well, Leonard Elabeb was kind of going a bit mental, actually. So, uh, Lopez Senior had been saying they, that they want Javonte Davis for Junior. We're waiting for him to, uh, for next fight. And he comes back and says, you're the most delusional motherfucker I've seen in boxing. So, uh, old Leonard doesn't really fucking take too kind yet. But one for Bellio, actually. I'm fucking certain last night he says that Chocolate Tito had fought uh, Rodriguez before. Jesse Rodriguez, that is. He does know what the fuck he's talking about. I didn't care. So, I uh, thought... One for that, mate, and uh, oh, there was another one that's uh, in the back of my mind. I've not got it written down. Go to Rob the room, mate. It'll come back to me. No problem, Rob. Um, yeah, just I mean, Lopez Senior for the fucking antics in the in the run up for the Josh Taylor fight. Luckily, him didn't affect him on the night his performance, but that kind of relationship has a fucking expiry date, and <laughs> you can see it coming soon. Honestly, like. Look tragic. Um, Eddie and Frank for a little back of. It's funny, like like. Fuck off with Tyson Fury and Anthony Jones. Nobody gives a shit what they're doing. We waited too long for it. Like you know what I mean. You just made it way too long for it. Nobody cares about it anymore. Stop trying to announce it. Stop trying to best each other in the fucking public. They won't sign it. We won't sign it. It can't get done. It won't get done. Nobody gives a bollocks, man. There's good fights happening now. Do you know what I mean? You've had Taylor, uh, Tiafimo Lopez. You've got Bud. Uh, Crawford and Spence coming up. We had Ryan Garcia and Tank. We've had big fights. We don't need these two fucking oaths to hold up the fucking fight landscape. Like Canelo's mm. been active recently. Nobody cares. Like so, this back and forth feels like it's been going on for five years. It's just the most tiresome thing in boxing. Like between that and the Conor Ben saga, so boring as fuck. From Fury, and probably more so from Fury these days. Actually, boring as shit. Like and this back and forth with Eddie and Frank was pathetic. Um. That and what else? There was a funny one as well, but I'm about to forget it now. You know, I have to call to Andy and come back to me. I'm so trying to find that other one, mate. No, oh, what was it? What was the one I was? There was one. Gone, gone from my head. Well, Johnny's throwing in his late nomination for Bellew shirt buttons last night for managing to stay on for the whole show. 
<laughs> Hopkins for like Howard Eastman, by the way. I don't know if I threw that one in there. The uh, Bosch yeah, Army. Oh, the Bosch Army. Get, oh, the Bosch Army is... Getting off at London Tube Station. Fucking Jesus, man. Anybody see... I'd have run for cover, mate. I'd have run for cover if you can see that lot coming. I'd rather fucking... I'd, I'd run quicker from Dad's Army, I think. Don't panic. And Sergio Mora for his relentless fucking body attack uh, commentary. It's like someone fucking slipped him a note. Do you know the way he's like notoriously unprepared? Sergio Mora, he got caught out before. Oh no, that was him. It wasn't him, wasn't it? That was BJ Flores. But um, yeah, like he's, he just always seems really badly prepared when he's calling the fights. Like, but the body was seemed to be his go-to fucking reference point last night, and he just would not fucking shut the fuck up. Jordan Davidchenko, uh, Mungia fight about each guy respectively going to the body. It was like. It was like a body count, basically. <laughs> More as previous, he's reinvented himself, Rob. He was quite spicy on Twitter back in the day. He has some. There's some screenshots out there. The boys never forget of more. Is it got, like, he, is it got he hot takes on, on fucking yeah. hot takes on fucking COVID or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> he's got some hot takes on quite a few things. I have to try and good stuff. Out. Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So he was on. He was having a bit of a melter, and then Oscar Age A B, of course, for his fucking post fight. Fucking interview. We played it. Don't think you were here, were you? We played that. Oh, I missed just missed that. Yeah, Yeah. unbelievable. Like the guy, like we just when you think he he might have a chance to get himself right, like back into a mix of a big fight at one forty. They're like, what's next, pussy? He's just like so crass, and he just can't turn off, can he? Like he just can't play difficult. And then you got Don Don King in the background, deficit the post, going, "Oh lordy, you heard it right here." It was so and Ray Mancini in the middle of it trying Ray to stick Mancini. his sentences together. Poor, poor Ray Mancini just getting hit with the fucking pussy answer straight away. You know what the fucking Ray Mancini looks like fucking Henry Winkler, don't he? Like, he like yeah, Henry Winkler like playing in the movie right the now. Like, yeah, the Fonz. Yeah, the Fonz. The leather jacket. He looks like the fucking Fonz. He looks like the Fonz, but when the Fonz was in like the Waterboy movie, like or whatever, or in the rest of the development, <laughs> washed. Like, yeah, washed up version of the Fonz. Hey. Uh, but yeah, so that was car crash, like fuck me. Uh, and it, it was there was no ring to it either. It was like, you know, I am the car man, Mexicans, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans. No offense to anybody in the legal business, lawyers can get it. There was like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> That's the other one, Steve. I was gonna say was uh, Don King's fucking set up there. He had fucking patio furniture running about that ring there. <laughs> I've just seen Tim Box. Hasn't been paid for yet either. That's the on the women. fucking HP, isn't it? The women. Oh, not them. Them. <laughs> the boys. Look at the boys. Wrist. That's the donkey women. That's the sugar that babes. Nice. And that was the hooters with the nutters meat on. Yeah, Matt Butter's oh, ready to okay. fucking brisk it all, as I say. Look, <laughs> look what his hand is, by the way. Look. You see his watch. You see it? Coming in there. You see it? Yeah. He's not in the chat it. tonight. He's well, it makes sense that... He'll be in the chat shortly once the boys tell him. Makes sense that all the women in that uh, picture were employed in the venue. <laughs> I was taken in. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Any more, boys? That's it for me, mate. Okie doke. Got the guard. The guard again. Ready? <laughs> the guard. <laughs> we got uh, the downloading the data. We got the quote. Uh, huffing. We got Tyan. <laughs> Carson. <laughs> Jones's head. We've got the zone. Uh, we got the, the zone card. We've got the painted Oof. on draw for Shinika. Sonny Edwards. Yeah, we've got Tiafimo Lopez. We've got the red hot chili pipers. The mental midget that is Rick Glazer, former drug lord. Uh, we've got the boys. Hey. Uh, we've got Tyson gurning away there. We've got Sandy oh, Ryan turning up in just 17 oh, magazine. Plus magazine. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, we had the AB's post fight interview as well, which we played earlier. Oh, and... Tom Summer Tour, what? <laughs> Danny Young video. Yeah, with no idea. I'll be saying it looks like the, the old Just 17 magazines from back in the day. I don't know what's going on there. Oh, my God. I have an end up story. I'll tell you this after the, after the pod. Get on. <laughs> in the meantime, who, who are you going for this week, uh, Andrew? Um, I'll probably go for a guard, mate. Oh, multiple offences. Well, mate, body just... of work. Oh, <laughs> bodies you know, in the basement. <laughs> bodies everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> he's got some box at resume, hasn't he? <laughs> oh, mate, every, every week he's, he's hey, hang on, stay. You, you go admire the guy, man. He's a true credit to his craft, man. He's all he's here grafting. He's working every week. Yeah, he's, he's stronger not... resume than Fraser Clark. Mate, he's got a stronger <laughs> resume than Fred West. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke. Oh my goodness. It's the Donny baseball. Oh dear. Guard What's that? What's that? What's that? You hear that? Go on, yeah. The grinder. Fred West put the kids to bed, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's an old one. Don't play me. I'm just fucking regurgitating it. Allegedly. <laughs> stick that in there as well. Right, Rob, what are you going for? Uh, Fred West. <laughs> no, the, the guy, the guy. <laughs> the guy as well. I was going to go for AB's post-fight interview, but yeah, I suppose. Clarissa Shields one is quite solid because talk about entitlement, man. No. Fuck no, me. For, tell you what, like for the for the for the fucking for the continuity of the pod and AB's goat status as a fucking fixture on Belly of the Week, it has to be like he's fucking he's gone from shut that soft that shit up fucking war with verbal war with Leonard Enderby to prop it up the very last hope that Don King has in two, 2023 to be a world champion at 140. <laughs> and the first word out of his mouth to Ray, boom, boom, and Fuck me, unbelievable for me. Be like brilliant. There we go then. Congratulations, Adrian Burner. You're not going to win a world title anytime soon, but you have won the belly of the week for episode 527. Uh, quick shout out to the Super Chatters before we get Rob in for his opinions on the fights earlier on. Let me find out who they were indeed. We had Beat Bot Boop, who's disappeared since, one of our American correspondents. Shout out to him. Shout out to Chase Athletics, actually. Hope you're all right if you're listening out there. Haven't seen you in the chat for a while. Uh, we also had Johnny, Horsecott Nelson, who threw in a princely sum of 79p. And regular contributor David Palmer threw in a tenner as well. Uh, Rob, we had uh, Tiafimo Lopez uh, pulling the wool over Josh Taylor's eyes. We thought Taylor looked a bit listless last night. Tiafimo pulling off the big win. Jaime Mungir with the fight of the night against Sergei Derevinchenko. What floated your boat, Rob? Yeah, both of those. Like, um, I thought the Tiafimo Lopez... Performance was really good. Actually, you're lucky for you, Steve. You're coming to me at ten past ten. I've done a round by round dossier uh, on each of these fights. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, I think uh, Lopez didn't. He, he's very athletic, so he was able to kind of leap in and out of range. Couldn't miss with the fucking right hand. I thought um, Taylor was a bit dead. Didn't really offer much to try and get back into the fight. It was kind of huffing and puffing a little bit. But Lopez didn't have to be brilliant in setting up the shots. Now, in the end, he ended up like walking him onto uppercuts and everything. He was like fucking having a field day towards the end of the fight. I thought the 115, 113 cards were a joke. I thought Lopez mm. was a clear winner. Clear, clear winner. Um, and Taylor looked a bit dead, to be honest with you. And like this move to 147, I think the top guys at 47 would absolutely fucking kill him based on his last two performances. But going into the fight, I didn't see it playing out like that. I thought Taylor back to a bit of form, like his. His previous at 140 shown like fucking 
gritty victories against hard, hard fighters like Ramirez, fucking Pro Gray, Baranchek. He's been smashing through like Postal, top guys. Like, and I thought like after Lopez's last performance against Sandro Martin that he'd be a bit um slower, a bit uh, a bit more kind of second to the punch. But he dominated. He seemed to be able to load up on the right hand anytime he wanted to. Taylor was feeling it, so he's carrying power up and. Whatever you say about Lopez, he's now beat the man in two divisions, so he might not be like the, you know, the fucking the 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 universally thought of best one forty pounder, but he's beaten the man who was the man at fucking one forty and Josh Taylor, and at one thirty five in Lomachenko as well. So he's got something, a hope for him that he can somehow fucking escape the fucking like he get it. He looked completely disheveled in the post fight again, ranting, rambling, confronting the media. But then, like seeking their approval and stuff, he like he. It's obvious, like that the chap is not that fucking bright. Like, and I just hope that, for his sake, he is a really good fighter. That he's able to kind of escape the, the inner circle that he's with at the moment, which I don't see. So it'll be always interesting watching him fighting because, you know, he is talented. He has power. He's exciting, um, and he comes to fight when he's on his game. So it will be interesting to see what happens. And then there's always the circus that follows him as well unfortunately for him that's going to play a factor in how far he goes in his career so that was a good fight um Munguia, and in terms of taylor what he does next is it because he ditched mcguigan or has he got all overnight in the inactivity and the weight training etc if he's going to campaign at 47 i don't see it for him i don't see him becoming a two-weight world champion but he'd have nothing to to be embarrassed about if he just called it a day said I don't have it anymore. I don't see that for Josh Taylor. I think he will want to fight again, like whether it's at 40 or 47 remains to be seen. Um, Munguia quickly and on Munguia and Dervachenko, it's a kind of fight that delivered based on not really knowing where these two guys are for me. Like I didn't know what was left from Dervachenko. He's been in some rough, rough nights. And in terms of Munguia, he always seems to be matched correctly. Like from, from the time they first started linking his name with Golovkin to now, he seemed to have had an easy road of it, but last night was fucking just one of those fights that just um, accidental value almost. Like, you know that it's going to be a good contest in a boat. They're not going to give ground by their styles, but you don't expect that it's going to play out like that. And actually, you thought Bungia showed a bit of nous in the in the end to go to the body, as fucking Sergio was saying on the desert. Yeah, but in that, in this instance, to drop that little left hand in towards the end, it just sucked the life out of uh, Dervachenko and he was in survival mode. So, close fight. Love to see it again. But probably took its toll on both of those guys, like hasn't it? Like Mungia ships way too much punishment, mm. way too much. Like doesn't seem to bother with. He's like fucking. I'm not moving my head. He's kind of like Fondor in that in that way, isn't it? It's like he has a style that he has, and he doesn't want to. He doesn't really show much adjustments or whatever. He just has one way of fighting. But high bastard as well. Like and the two of them couldn't come away, um, with their heads held high that they gave some fucking serious entertainment. Like this, this some of the shots they were shipping in the fifth. Fucking hell! Like it's like how did they? You know, you would if one of them had jacked it at that stage, you wouldn't have fucking. You would have just said, "Oh, no, fair enough." Like, the year that round five. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, Great so, yeah, atmosphere so, too, alongside it, man, carrying it along. It looked class in there. Yeah, so I don't know. Would you reckon they'd, they'd look to do it again, or would it probably look for mm, move Monkey no. on now? Like no, I don't know, mate. Dervachenko is just too too it's too risk. It's, it's too mm. high risk. Low, Dangerous, low, really. Yeah, point, they go back yeah. to the Demetrius Ballard level again. I think maybe for a fight and then see about moving him up. But he's not gonna maybe, get a maybe Golovkin. Well, we are saying that, that in the chat, Golovkin yeah. Mungia, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know at this point. I mean, you would, you would probably fancy Mangia's chances to see, see the distance, considering how he takes the punish, uh, takes the punishment. But 
McLaughlin isn't really kind of thrown like he used to be, you know. So people yeah, fancy me kind of see it. Out. It might be one of those, another one of those unintentional fucking good value fights. Ah, like. uh, but then Mungia's prime is it's 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 marked territory, you know. Like it's very yeah. any time he could he could go out of hell. It's just taking too much. Yeah. yeah. Triple J's done and Mungia is very raw, so I think that would turn out to be quite a fun fight, actually. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like it could be just one of those fucking ones where it's just you're not expecting anything from it, no title on the line or whatever. Or maybe there is, I don't know. I can't keep up with the titles. I'm sure someone would be I'm sure someone would be fucking what you call it the WBC Silver Super Middleweight yeah. title Rob was on the line last night. Yeah, I can't believe I fucking don't know that. What a fucking amateur. <laughs> Good stuff. Yep. I didn't kill him up, up, up at one sixty eight until they mm. fucking made out the made out the fighters. Yeah, I know. Who knows what's going on these days? Well, I tell you what is going on. We're getting out of here for one night. Thank you everybody to the chat who's jumped in there and had a good time as always. They seem to have uh, enjoyed themselves, and he's been with us, and so has rapping Rob Kelly. I reiterate, there is no show next weekend. Um, as we can't muscle up the numbers, so there is no show next weekend. But we might do a midweek show or something to wrap things up, maybe on the Wednesday night, Thursday night, something like that, to keep things Still ticking. Life. But we'll be back for five two eight, which, uh, by my calculations, let me bring up the little calendar thing here. Yeah, it's uh, 25th of June, so we'll be back on the 25th of June, all being well. In the meantime, we'll do a midweek, and I'll put up that Brona Madonna punches from the past next Sunday evening, so you'll have something to you'll have a, a medium to sit and chat shit to each other in the chat if that's what you want. Thanks to the Super Chatters, thanks to the Patreons, thanks to everybody out there. Don't forget to hit the like button and leave us a comment if you wish. We'll catch you all again, same time, same place, 25th of June. I've been Steve Wellings. Thanks to Andy, thanks to Rob, and goodbye, everybody. Bye. We'll never forget. Don't you we want to be honest, yeah. Crying like a little bitch. I've never met a fucking so that can fight me. I, I fell asleep. I, I fell asleep. You're a fucking bum. You're a fucking asshole. Rumpo fucking stealth skin. But allegedly, Oscar Rivas has has, has failed has failed a test. Seven urine. Seven urine. I will fucking smash fucking you. I hope you fucking die. Be safe. I love boxing sounds. As simple as that. Sports Social Podcast Network.